0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Hotline League, episode 211. Boy, we've got a banger of a show for you tonight, as Mark's camera goes weird. Anyway, it's cool, because basically in the first hour, we're going to have you all call in with your general takes, things you want to talk about, how the league is going, anything that's on your mind. We actually, I don't think, there's nothing too pressing... I don't know. We'll look in a second to see if there's any hot topics that we should be talking about. But in the second half, we're going to have Phil from, who's the executive director of the Players Association, the LCS Players Association, as well as Marty, who used to work for Splice or Rand Splice, founded Splice, I forget, now works for a company, and basically they have theoretically figured out how to fund the Players Association for a very long time without actually taking money from the players. So now I don't think this thing is going to die. So we're going to talk about them. They did an the AMA. Announcing
1: the LSP with uh, FTX It's kind of complicated
0: But listen, stick around Because it's going to be We're going to make sense of it It's going to be good And then you guys can call in With your takes about the LCSPA And it does not have to be About this new partnership You can be like Hey, uh, Phil What about all these players That are stuck in contract prison Or academy prison In in the LCS Like, What are you guys going to do about that Or any number of different things Feel free to, to do that but so for now we'll be taking calls not about lcspa and then we'll do we'll have them join in the second half mark how are you doing
1: good um did i need um what did i do what do i have been watching i've been watching more Yu Gi Oh. i'm through dungeon dice monsters arc on to season two and i gotta tell you this show slaps honestly Kind of a good show. It's terrible. It ignores it's terrible, I think. It, I think it's kind of good.
0: All right. Was that it? Was that all you got?
1: Uh, I know I watched other things, but I can't remember them.
0: Well, fin- I'll talk.
1: Pamela- oh, New Survivor. Hey, New Survivor. Duke's your favorite character? God, that's disgusting. Duke right. Devlin had the worst. You go from you go from Pegasus trying to take over the world and steal souls so he gets strong enough are to resurrect spoilers? his dead lover to fucking Duke Devlin just trying to prove that Yuki cheated at the game by beating him at the first time he plays a different game. This The fucking drop-off in, in writing for that arc is... And they're like, oh, what are the stakes? What
0: are yeah, the stakes? there's a... Look, oh, this Joey's is why we, you, you actively hurt the viewership of our content by just being... Mr. Spoilers. Like, even Jack is in the chat right now upset about the spoilers. So is Peter Dunn from EG?
1: Or Yu-Gi-Oh! That came out 20 years ago? Jack?
0: All right, here's my argument. Jack has a child. At least one. I forget if he said a second. But he probably was too old to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! when it first came out. But now he's at the point where he could watch it with his family, and so, and you've, yeah. Oh, it is Saturday, a Insanity of the Chess is a nice job. I was going to watch it this week. Now I'm not.
1: It is a fact, a scientifically studied fact, that people enjoy things more after being spoiled. Statistically, most people end up enjoying a piece of content more once it's spoiled.
0: You can Google voice. it. Okay.
1: Brandon Sanderson talks about it all the time.
0: I'm ca- trying to paint you, you as a learn. family man, Jack. Okay. Uh, Mark, don't talk about how Brandon Sanderson talks about that all the time. He's literally doing a Kickstarter right now that's all predicated on the idea of, of you, avoiding spoilers. He literally spoilers. put
1: the first six chapters of each of the books online. Yes, but he,
0: the, he says in the Kickstarter, don't even talk about the titles of these things because people might want to avoid spoilers.
1: That's, that's a hype-generating thing. Okay, shut versus, up. Anyway, psychological phenomena. shout
0: out to Alienware and Grubhub. I saw Marcy from Alienware in the chat earlier. Also, by the way, I'll talk about this later, but uh, until March 16th, Travis5 will get you $5 off your Grubhub order of $10 plus only for the first 2500 orders. I want to shout that out uh, because we... uh, It's the first time we've done a promo code with them specifically for us, so I'm hoping there's a ton of you guys that will use that. I, thanks for asking, Mark, was in Florida for almost all of last week. You don't have any follow-ups. You don't want to... Did, I, thought, how I didn't that? know you
1: were just like I know you were engaged. I thought you would take an heartbreak. interest.
0: Okay, so I went to Florida last well, week. I, I know
1: I know why you were there already. You went to Full Sail University. I went to Full
0: Sail University uh, as part of a sponsor thing. They do something called Hall of Fame. I'm wearing their shirt right now. Um, we're gonna talk. There will be future episodes of Hotline League that will be. I'll be showcasing like a little vlog of some of the stuff that I did there, which will be uh, fun. But I actually, had a really good time, and it was like my first thing that I have done in two years that was like a. I don't know something bigger than going to the LCS Um, And so it was neat to meet a bunch of people and have a good time and learn a lot about the university That's pretty cool. So I had a good time doing that and then I watched all here's my mini rant We need to get into the show, but I will say my little mini rant mark on the on the film and video stuff is All these streaming services are cutting. I assume it's budgets the length of seasons of shows so much that it is actually really annoying and hinders the content I watched all of the second season of Space Force, which was about as like average as the first season, but I still like it. Um, and it's only seven episodes long. The the episodes themselves are like twenty five minutes long, and so it's like I, I was on a five hour flight back, and half I watched the series and was or the whole season and was basically done with it halfway through the flight, and. I'm like, I just consumed this entire season in, like, three hours. Uh, and I find that incredibly aggravating. Less than five, three hours. I find that incredibly aggravating because there's entire episodes where there's, like, plot threads that just go nowhere because they, I don't know. There's a There is a plot thread that's about budget cuts, which I assume means that the show got budget cuts because normally that's what happens when people talk about budget cuts in a show is they're referencing real-life stuff. But it's actually incredibly frustrating that, like, I, I agree that 24 episodes of a show was too long back in the day whenever, like, that was what ABC and NBC Heroes were doing.
1: Heroes was perfect.
0: But then it goes down to, like, then it was 12 episodes. And I was like, okay, that's pretty good. You can do a lot. And then shows started doing, like, 10 and then 9. And now, like, uh, Hawkeye was, like, 6 episodes. Space Force yeah. Season 2 is, like, 7. And I'm just like, these are not... Like it's, we're getting it to just, you're making a movie at this point in time, but not without movie budget. And it's incredibly frustrating.
1: I feel like that could be part of it. Is that like some of these things are just supposed to be movies that they stretch to to be a show as well so that they can sell you more of it. I don't know how it works. I also saw someone tweet something out and I was too stupid to really care uh, about how Netflix, like something to do with like the amount of seasons that something gets affects how much they have to spend on it and and what people get paid and by doing mostly two seasons at full budget on a streaming service versus seasons i i didn't really understand it but it was basically like streaming service bad yeah and i was like okay i believe you
0: well i don't know TSM america says is the show about still about league yes but we spend the first 15 minutes showcasing how relatable we are Actually, so that you have a connection to us.
1: We this we're going to take this time to announce that Hotline is no longer about league. We're <laughs> dropping the league part; it's just called Hotline, uh, and we don't take calls. Actually, that part's a lie as well. And Travis yeah. and I just talk about what we've watched this week.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what do we got to talk about? Uh, Champions Q <laughs> first split is done. That ended uh, last week. Technically, I think we could have talked about it on last week's episode, but I guess. Do we not?
2: Week. I don't Dude, remember where I talk about that. I don't think we Maybe really
0: did. did. Um, and so we've got the full. We can we can talk about that. Or the second season is now, or second split has now begun. So either way, I think we can talk about Champions queue if people want. Uh, viewership in the gutter. Uh, so we can talk about that. Um, uh, what?
1: Oh, I was gonna say I actually haven't noticed because I'm just usually. Yeah, like the second game, I think future. on
0: Saturday, I want to say, had like sixty-four K on Twitch, which just feels killing it. Yeah. Like that's what it used to be last year when you had co streaming and so you had an additional like twenty K on the platform. Um now it's just really rough. Uh uh c C L G is on a heater and
1: Golden oh, yeah. Guardians there, mortals are in free fall, and TSM yes. will never win another game for the rest of the L C S. I cursed
0: uh, I cursed an arrow by having him predict that they would only lose three more games and then they went to immediately go 0-4 after he did that interview, which is very <laughs> funny. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, Garen joins C9. Anything else? Twitch chat. Or am I, forgetting uh,
1: I lost my bet. Raz is about oh, to yes. lose his bet on FlyQuest.
0: What was Raz's bet?
1: He said that they would go 12-6 and 6 or something. Or better. So if they lose one more, he loses technically. He's, he's still alive right now,
0: but he's fucked. Dude, uh, Jack, you gotta talk to Summit, because I did an interview with Summit. I don't think the interview's bad, but I was just like, oh man, so like Summit, they've hyped up you versus Whippo a ton. This is, you know, what was it like facing him? What do you think of him? He's like, Whippo's good. And I was like, dude, on Twitter, you're running out there talking about how you're like murder people and then you just gapped Whippo. And now you're telling me that Whippo's good. And he's like, yeah, I'm different than I am on Twitter. And I was like, okay, well, glad glad we did. I need some extra bring. Have him bring some spice. That would be good. That would be good. Uh, Spawn says Academy regular season ended. Sure, we can talk about that. I after.
1: yeah, I cast the last day of it. That did happen. <laughs>
0: uh, listen, listen, Spawn. Let's not have LCS viewership. when LCS viewership is not in free fall, I will care about covering Academy. But right now, we need to shore up the hatches on the first thing, okay? The primary thing. We can't be uh Yeah. Okay. Uh anyway, without further ado, Mark, are you pulling anybody yet? Uh no, I
1: haven't. Okay. Do I well, do I do that?
0: You want to say the spiel then?
1: All spiel. Well, this is a good in episode. a couple episodes. Spiel. Yeah, so if you've ever seen the show before, this is actually a live call-in show. You get to go ahead and join the Discord that we're in. Uh, Travis and I will be pulling callers uh, based off their takes that they submit through this Discord. Go ahead and join the Pleb Calls voice channel when you get in here. And then you're going to go ahead and put your topic in the te- uh, Pleb Topics text channel. Uh, go ahead and write it out. If I like your topic, I will pull you from there to the waiting room where you will hang out. Uh, until it's your turn to come on and then we'll do a quick mic check to make sure everything sounds good before pulling you on uh, We've had I feel like I have more problems with callers recently. I feel like callers are issues Yeah, they're not like checking their mics before turn ahead of time or they're like muting discord But only listening to the streams so, like 30 seconds behind you know Just 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 be ready to go a little bit. All right. that's all I ask. It's not a big ask uh, But yeah, then you'll be on here talking with Travis and I
0: yeah, Woohoo! Well, well mark oh and also if you're a sub please uh sync first off thank you for being a sub please sync your Discord with your twitch so that you can get access to the subtopics channel which moves a little slower and so it kind of increases your chances of being on the show but it doesn't give you a guaranteed slot if your your idea is shit uh okay <laughs> let me read out some sub, subs while we wait. thank you to DG Morali can Ken, Kanamaste Kena, Darth Nomi Metal Rider. Or Raider, Papalier, Uh Real Foxy One, La Crusette, Seismix, Adam XK, Chevrole, uh, Sky G, Gift to Sub, Poison, Ari Waddle, Wilson, Sky G, Haru, Horizon Cast for a whole year, Cyber Healer, Smoke Dog, Filth Monk, and PJ Salt. There's more, and I will shout them out, but I don't want to just... Let
1: me get a caller so we're going. Yeah. Uh, one of the people I call this is, again, deafened in discord they had a take that i kind of liked uh and they have not undeafened in discord you can't hear mark
0: if you have your headphones muted on discord there we go thank god okay pj salt thank you uh sky g retro paint fiery Toastman, badger yar flick nickum ginga na double daddy Yeti022 Beef Stews. Thank you, everybody, for all of the subs. I'm going to be trying to pull for Ryden. Right I'm going to be doing some Genshin streaming after the, the show is done because uh, I don't have anything else going on. So, uh, yeah. Oh. Hello. The the Mother Sauce is here. Great name. Where are you calling from?
3: I'm calling from uh, Ontario, Canada.
0: And we've had you on before, right?
3: Uh, yeah, I was, I was on a couple of weeks ago, I think.
0: On, underneath a different name? Uh No. I remember. Uh, what do you uh, do? You what do you want to talk about of the show?
3: Uh, yeah, my take is that uh, Biofrost is gonna win the uh, Spring MVP.
0: Biofrost is gonna win Spring MVP. I f- uh, I'm excited to hear about this because I feel like there's some players on Claude 9 that are going to pit up more of a fight. Okay, what do you, why do you think Biofrost? Uh,
3: well, okay, I I, mean, I would define MVP as like most valuable to your team. Like uh, can we can we agree that that's like a, a good definition of an MVP?
0: Uh, no. Mark, what is your yeah? No? I feel like it's okay, the let's... most valuable player in the league, not because if that's yeah. the case, then like you could just stick Bjergsen on the tenth place team and be like, he was the MVP, he was the most valuable. Who needs,
1: who needs the MVP? Because yeah, yeah, every exactly. everyone on TSM feeds, and he's up there with one kill and right. a thirty CS lead.
0: Mother sauce is your is this, okay, is this well, still your plan.
3: I, okay, well I'll, I'll stick by my I'll stick by my what, How about what do you
0: would you would you like it to be he is going to be the best the number one support like all-pro support winner?
3: No, I'll stick with MVP. Okay. Uh, let okay. Let, I'll, let him go. I'll come go go go, go, go. He's got more, I bet. He's got more in the yeah. tank. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um so yeah, I think he's just that instrumental to um toss his success as a whole and uh, I, I think he's There's a case that he's, like, the best support in the league. He's, like, a—I look at Biofrost as, like, a carry support. He does a lot of his team's damage, and he also dies the least, him and Neo. uh, Pretty much win lane, uh, I would say, 75-80% of the time. And, uh, I mean, I think uh, he had that one three-man engage on Tom Kench. I think it was against 100 Thieves? couple during super week and then they obviously had this past week uh at uh, that outplay uh on immortals uh the 4v2 under tower mark okay.
0: what have you mm-hmm. thought of of biofrost because i feel like people really soured on him after his first initial run at tsm I and mean, he went to clg and then when he joined tsm i feel like people thought he was the again he rejoined tsm i think people thought he was the weakest link on that team. So do you feel like he's gone into hibernation, took a year off and has now come back and is just beating down people?
1: Uh, Pretty much. I actually don't terribly, I disagree with the MVP thing, just cause I don't think Dignitas is a good enough team. And I mean, I like Bio, but supports a position that you can win an MVP, but your team kind of needs to be winning because you can't just like smurf a lane. And even then, like how many times is an MVP from a, of, on a sixth place team, Pro- probably never. Um, but I think you could maybe make a case for all pro you know it's tough I think he will get one all pro he might not be first team um, but I do think the potential is there right so uh, who who could you put above him right now core is probably your best bet but core hasn't played the whole season and if you want me to be honest he is really fucking good um,
0: Core is I feel really
1: like he's good. A little, yeah, Core is really good. Yeah, I think he is. I like that
0: you had to be honest. With, you built that up as if you were about to like say something controversial, and then your well, contra- your take today. was, "If you want me to be honest, Core JJ, pretty good player." Uh,
1: my 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 take with it was going to be Core JJ is a little more volatile than Biofrost. I feel like mm. I don't really see Biofrost. I, I would have to think about a
3: time where I watch Biofrost int since away, he came back no you reason. Reason. What's yeah, that? well yeah he's got pretty low deaths and uh, across like the whole league what'd you say travis
0: i said since he came back you mean
3: no oh by really okay
0: I, I feel like uh whenever he was on tsm people the second time people were
1: well, well i'm only talking about this but yeah i don't know Wait, okay yeah since he's, he came you're back throw me for I mean. a loop by talking about shit that doesn't matter when we're talking about an award that only applies to this split travis
0: you said you'd have to think about it as if you were stretching out past time anyway continue
1: I think you're just making shit up. I'm just saying, Core JJ will int more things because he plays more aggressive champions. Like he'll he'll he picked Nautilus three games in a row, um, and Nautilus a bit of feeder champ. Things can go right or wrong. Team Liquid also throws their mid games a lot, and a lot of the times, uh, Core is a part of those throws. Um, <laughs> He's trying to make a lot of plays happen. I mean, what's that? Mother sauce. I'm just. I'm trying so hard to just talk through my, yeah, my no, thoughts no, just saying, here. Saying, I, I don't, keep getting
0: I don't know interrupted interrupt by people. Continue.
1: <laughs> okay, so Core is really fucking good. He makes a lot of plays happen. I think he's a better player than Biofrost, and he makes uh, big decisions for the team, but he also sometimes kills himself trying to make these plays happen, and sometimes they go wrong, and I think Biofrost is a more stable player, but a lower-impact player. Um, He also plays a lot more enchanters He'll spam pick like Lux and things like that And that allows him to win lane And look good but then not has as much Of a contribution in some team fights So he has individually won them games Like the Binding out to Tactical You can can play in Tactical of course I think Biofrost is really good I just uh, And I think Core JJ has not been like The most insane player ever But he is really good
0: Alright so besides Core Is there anybody else?
1: So like here's here's a interesting Winston? number. Biofrost leads the league in damage percent on of supports. Give him the MVP.
0: I mean that's like a hotline league caller take. <laughs> I call in and be like So I was just looking at Oracle's Elixir and <laughs> yeah. I looked at one single stat and so that's why Not, no, I looked at his death
3: chair too.
1: <laughs> all right I, I mean like so here's the thing I, I i feel like even just like i i still think Kors is playing better than him but i think it's closer than public perception would have you think just because bio's on dignitas and they're losing a lot and he mm. doesn't have nearly the support around him like one's playing with hans bjergsen santorin and Bwippo. you Anyone know like <laughs> I wasn't going to throw the whole team under the bus said just one person. I, I just feel like, you know, it's it's hard for Bio to look as good sometimes as well, but I think the champion pool thing does play into it. Um, what about um,
0: Ole, Mark? Because Ole's in a similar position, right, to Biofrost, so I'm curious how you would compare the two of them.
1: I think Ole hasn't been as good as Bio. I, I, Neo and Bio are really good in lane, whereas I feel like Golden Guardian's bot lane is a little more hit or miss. Um, but I think it's the, the race for support right now. God, it's kind of hard. I, I feel like you have Corey JJ for sure up there. I think bio for me, Bio for sure is up there. Um, and then it's kind of close for third if we're doing all pro between Vulcan, Winsome, Afro. I don't think I can do Ole. I think there's a lot of good supports right now, but like, I honestly think any three of those could get it. It would be reasonable.
0: Oh, Mother's house. thank you so much. Is there anything you, you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller?
3: Uh, Yeah, shout out, uh, shout out Hotline League, shout out Alienware, uh, shout out Grubhub. It's not in Canada, but if it was, I'd, I'd use it.
0: Fantastic. Well, maybe when you visit the States. If you come here for a couple days, you have to use Grubhub. Is that okay?
3: All right, deal. Okay.
0: Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next yeah, time.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. All right. There's a ghost behind Mark right now.
3: Um, This apartment's
0: haunted. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Her expression, sadly, did not... Oh, no, I did kick. Okay. Uh, You want to go grab the next next (laughs) caller? Am I in it? No, you're good. (laughs) Uh, You want to go grab the next caller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeti Beef Stews, Fart Master Blaster, I Love You Chat, Maddie C412, and Blue Jay. Thank you all for your subs. All right. Mark is grabbing the next caller. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We're waiting for them to come through. I'm just checking, making sure that, uh, our folks are good to join. And Razenkin is here or is it, wait, I feel like I've seen your, I've read your name before. Do you sub frequently?
4: I do. Yeah. Uh, do you have a different spelling of it? It's three, it's three syllables. I know it's weird.
0: Okay. So it's, but it is spelled differently on Twitch. Uh,
4: no, it's, Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Where are you from?
0: Where are you calling from?
4: I'm from New York.
0: New York. What do you want to talk about on the show?
4: So I just want to bring up the fact that even with uh, Champions Q, pros still aren't playing enough games. And I'm, it's, I'm just trying to put the point out that the culture behind the NA pros is still the problem, even when you give them what they want. Even when the L at CSPA gets Champions Q through with all the things that pros w- wanted with, like, a smaller player base, uh, low ping, you can stream it, you know, everything, and it's simple to use with just a Discord bot, and even a prize pool, they still don't play enough. Pros don't play enough. And then also the scrim culture in NA doesn't help that fact either. With-
0: What is the average schedule like? Like the daily itinerary for an LCS pro on a non-game
4: day? Non-game day? Should be probably one hour prep when you come in. Probably no, I'm saying what hours. do you, what is it? What do you think oh. it is right now? Uh, scheduled probably yes. like nine hours.
0: I, I guess I'm asking what what do you do you know how they're spending their time?
4: I mean I'm assuming like around five to six hours on scrims, and then there should be something that. Olay, I, mean, I listened to something Olay said today, something they, they call free time after where you're at your office or your facility or whatever, and you have quote unquote free time that you should be spending, you know, playing solo queue or fodder viewing or things like that, that some pros I feel like don't use effectively so or like- it's not seen normal from another region's culture. It's, it's more lax, less serious. So I I'll want
1: to pick your brand a little bit. Is there a team or player that is standing out to you? Because I think a lot of people who just lightly follow Challenger Q will see JoJo has played like literally hundreds of games of this and solo queue. Like I think JoJo is on pace to play like two to 3,000 games of Champions Q/Solo Q slash solo queue this split, which is absolutely on pace with uh, major re- like uh, Korean players and things like that. I think there's some other people who are. Um, on pace with that, who are our pros? Are, is there someone that like what is making you have this take? I guess you're saying this, and I'm hearing what you're saying. I might not agree yet, but like, what is the thing you've seen to to give you this opinion?
4: So, I was a pretty big TSM fan in the past. So when I go and take a look at TSM's numbers in Champions queue I can see that JoJo has played more games than almost four of the members combined. And that's only because Shenyi and TakeOver are back. Like, if TakeOver was still their academy mid laner, I believe that JoJo has almost more games played than the entire team.
0: So um, are there, okay, besides TS well, TSM makes sense. Have you looked at C9's numbers lately?
4: Not in totality. Uh, I was looking through, but I noticed that, you know, if you have around 60, 70 games played, that seems pretty average for most players, you know? So it's, it's less than I feel that like you you should still get hit a number, a bar where you should be playing a certain number of games, not 13, eight and 36 when the whole point is to give you a good practice environment. So you complain about solo queue, but you don't play in the better queue.
0: Here's, here's what the reason I asked you originally, what does a pro player's day look like in the LCS? is because and i mean you know i mean no disrespect to you in this but i feel like i've seen takes like this a lot through the years where fans say north american players don't work hard enough or they are not you know trying hard enough or they don't practice enough and uh and then these people have no idea what their schedules are like that's to say the take could even be true like i not like maybe there is a world where like We have fifty percent of the hours of like LCK teams or LPL teams or something like that. But it's very funny because people get these opinions, and then you ask them like, "Okay, where do you think that they're not working enough? You think that they're like they don't have enough scrims in the day, or they? You're like, well, they come in at noon and then they leave at four or something, and then you ask them, and it's just kind of like, I don't know what their scrims are, schedules like, and that's kind of what I'm guessing or getting from here.
4: if you're, if you're scrimming only five games, then in other regions, they do two blocks of three, which so already in your scrims, you're playing more, and then a lot of teams also triple blocks. So they add a, another set of three games after that. If that's more the norm in other regions, I, I can understand not wanting to play nine games for scrims only. Yeah. Like I can understand that, but playing five and then giving your team say free time to like go and play solo queue and you don't go and play. I feel like that's where the problem is. Like that free time shouldn't be free time. It should be looked at as uh, as more like go play solo queue, don't do something else. So our team's only playing five games. It's not I, it's not two blocks of three. Like I think you're it's saying? two blocks of, that's blocks of three. That's what it used to be. I I be- it used to be two blocks of three. I believe more recently it is one block of five. I, Peter I Dunn think, says it's five. One, huh?
0: anyway my understanding is I, I guess we'll have to see but my guess uh, my understanding was that our current scrim amounts match the LEC scrim amounts I think we scrim less how
1: many world titles does the LEC have again
0: yeah no I know it's fair but I'm just saying you know what's uh,
1: hilarious whenever you bring this up and then someone says fanatic I go is, is TSM a, semifinal, a world semi-finalist
0: okay okay we don't need to talk about it's- season one oh, stuff so. Mark is- Mark that's so off topic it's so funny. I know. You complained so much about the Fanatic stuff. It funny. wasn't a world championship. Well, blah, blah, blah. way off topic. Uh, I So my understanding is we have similar numbers to LEC and then yes, L- LCK and LPL scrim more. Uh, I don't know if it's true necessarily that they practice more, uh, but that's kind of where we're at. The other thing I want to get into Razenkin, is that, there are some teams like I. This is why I have been nervous to dive in on like the teams that are not doing Champions Queue. There are some teams that I think are triple blocking right now. I would not be surprised if TSM is triple blocking because uh, I heard I heard a story a while ago about how a while back, maybe it was uh, last year or two years ago, um, Andy found out that that LPL teams were triple blocking and that LCS teams weren't. And so he kind of like brute forced his team to do it at a point in time where they were doing well. And then after they started doing that, they nosedived a little bit in their results, which was kind of funny to me when I heard the story. Um, so I, and I now, and I've heard also that TSM is trying to get teams to move in the North America, to go back to like a triple block schedule. This is my understanding or the, the latest rumor. So. I would imagine there's a good chance that TSM is triple blocking right now, and that is why I am a little nervous to condemn players who you don't see play Champions queue in the evening, because I don't have enough information to know if they are spending that additional time in other scrims. Now, of course, the question becomes, who are they scrimming? I don't know, but I would well, imagine C9 I, is probably scrimming anyone. their academy team.
1: I doubt anyone good is scrimming them right now anyways. So like if you're like, wow, they can't get scrims versus Cloud9 as a whole, you know, like of course they're probably scrimming more teams around them in the standings or uh, academy teams. Um, The triple blocking thing, I was going to bring that up about teams at the bottom of the standings have a little bit more incentive to triple block because the things that you're probably struggling with are not just individual skill but like team team coordination and like you just want to get more reps as a team in uh, which I think can at times make it look like an inverse weird relationship where it's like oh, this team isn't playing as much solo queue, therefore they're worse. And it's like, well, they're spending that time doing some more team-oriented things. Um, so there, there is a little bit of, of chicken or the egg about where the numbers are and why they're low for some people. And I think this split has seen some grinders that we don't always see. And I know historically I've, I've looked at our numbers compared to other major regions' numbers uh, of solo queue games and things like that and tried to account for you know, longer queue times and whatnot and seen how much we were doing. Um, and the one bit of sympathy I'll give the caller is the like hours spent workload question that people bring up, you know, and people talk about what's a healthy work-life balance and all that stuff. And I, I am a little sympathetic to the idea that's like, well, trying to be the world best at something is hardly ever healthy for work-life balance. Uh, that's, it's hard to, want to be the best in the world at something. Um, and not become a little upset, You're like you. You can't not be a little obsessive and achieve that. Uh, and that's that's just something that a lot of a lot of players are in other sports the same way. Not just e sports, but a lot of the best players are. You know, Kobe was obsessive. Tom Brady is obsessive. Like these people have big egos, and that drives them to do go above and beyond what is considered normal, healthy human behavior. Uh, and that's part of the reason they're at the top. So I do think there is in it's not a nine to five job and it shouldn't be expected to be that way. Um, But I also think to this point, just looking at numbers is not necessarily indicative of how hard a team is trying.
0: I think, so I heard Kobe talking about this on his stream earlier today where he was saying like, there are some players that haven't even played champions queue at all yet. And uh, he's part of the opinion that there should be like a minimum. Yeah. At least like, there should be public pressure essentially to, to do this. And I tweeted, I didn't do it last week cause champions queue was down, but people are going to go see, um, about 10 days ago or so, I tweeted a listing of all the, the t- the players and how much they had played champions queue during that week. And we are working on creating a weekly video that I will be tweeting out that showcases, uh, each team ranks them by their average ELO of their five players. And then shows like basically a chart of each of the teams or each of the players with like how many wins they had, how many games they played, what their ELO is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And when I did this, there was some pushback. I'll put it in the chat right now for those that want to see. When I did this, there was some pushback from folks that were like, why are you doing this? Where is it? Uh, 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 I can't find it now. Um, I can't find where people were complaining about it. but. Oh, no, here we go. Here's the question. Why are you doing this? Why are you expecting to accomplish with this other than create negativity? This will create unnecessary unnecessary narratives around Champions Queue. I think that if... I, I hope that we can get to a place where because the Champions Queue data is public, the players who are not playing at all because they are doing something else, like triple blocking or something, uh, need to say, oh, the reason I haven't played any Champions Queue games all split long is because my team triple blocks. Of course, then the question becomes like, okay, but somebody else on your team has played like 50 games and you've played zero. They presumably, they're also triple blocking. I don't know. But like, I do I do want to raise conversation around this and make, like the more we talk about Champions Queue, I remember Mark, I talked to Mark and Emily about this. I was like, I want them to talk about Champions Queue a lot on the broadcast because the more you're able to kind of showcase Players using this and hyping it up and all that stuff, the more likely you are to um, to incentivize people to do it, um, or at least explain why they're not playing it. So that's kind of my my thought. Uh, Big agree. Razenkin, though, I don't know if I'm ready to condemn all North American players for not playing enough Champions Q. Uh, yeah, but... I think
1: I think that was the the part that came in a little hot, even for me, was like the Sorry. fact that these. No, I mean. That's part of the reason you had three hang-up emojis, and part of the reason I pulled you was you came in hot. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if I'd, I'd say, like, when I, when I see JoJo Pune putting in, like, some of the most games of, like, any player ever in North America, I'm like, I kind of have a hard time, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, the argument against Champions Q is Cloud9 doesn't play very much and they're number one in the league right now. Like, that is, unfortunately, the downside of it. The positive side of it is... There are a lot of players that were playing Champions Q a lot when it came out, and I haven't tracked it as much recently. But those teams where you saw a lot of, like Golden Guardians for a while, was overperforming. Obviously, they had their bad two weeks, but when they were overperforming, there was an interesting correlation uh, between that and, and how much Champions Q they were playing. So, ooh,
1: Here's a question I have for Jack since he's in chat um how much is the internal scrim thing still happening i know that was like initially i think an idea push he, he said
0: earlier Alex. that they're playing their 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 internal teams a decent amount I, I tried to ask him if they were doing triple blocks but i don't think he answered that one so.
1: uh i, I think yeah. he was saying that they were some, they were doing some some teams do five plus two um and maybe they're doing some of that which is why they have lowest championship number it Says at least one day a week i don't know I was, just, I was just curious about maybe that's why. I think also the problem is that the uh, the Koreans that they've imported are very fresh. They haven't hit their expiration date yet. They haven't eroded. True. Um, True. And so eventually the lack of champion's queue will catch up to them when their their fingers turn all noodly and they can't press their buttons as good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he had said we scrim our internal team a lot so we don't get to scrim as many other teams as we would like. So I don't know. Maybe that's not, that's not uh, triple blocking then. I don't know. But yeah, I'd like to see more. And I'd also like to see players stream it whenever they feel comfortable about it because I think streaming was a huge part of the success in the LCS early on. And um, obviously some players are doing it, but I'd like to see more. ResinKin again, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break?
4: Uh, Yeah, shout out you guys. I I, uh, love watching Holland League every morning uh, when I go to work. And um, shout out Alienware. Shout out GameFuel. And uh, I just want to say that um, Sorry, I think that if you expect to get good results, you should at least match the worth ethic, worth work ethic of someone who is succeeding. Thank you.
0: Very good. Thank you, Razenken, for the call. And we'll catch you next time.
1: Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Train, uh.
0: train smarter, not harder.
1: Yeah, mark. that's that's what that's what we're known for in the league ecosystem is North America being the smartest region.
0: We're such big brains. Okay, wait, nope. Wait, Mark, we're gonna do a break. Oh, we're doing a break? Yes. You I said it at the end of the call, but maybe you missed it. Okay.
1: <laughs> I what? said my last thing and I dipped out as like a joke.
0: Yeah, exactly. You did, and then Yes. Okay. Hello everyone. Uh let's talk about Alienware. Shout out to Alienware. Oh my gosh. I need to uh I, I just recently got it, but we'll have to we'll have to show it on the next episode because I don't have it in front of me The X-17 has arrived I have an X-17 and an X-14 that Alienware has sent my way And uh, I'm very excited uh, To showcase both of them and the content that I've been doing um, We I just I just opened that one up and set it up the other day But I'm going to do kind of like a fake unboxing at some point in time And only you guys that have heard this will know that I've already unboxed it uh, That's the secret the other thing that also became available for order now it wasn't earlier on. I think when I've talked about it previously is the new 34 inch OLED curved monitor. This thing is beautiful. It's getting rave reviews. You can go check it out, uh, on alienware.com slash Travis, click over, click the up to the top and you'll be able to go over to the Alienware website and see, uh, the main stuff. But this thing is sick. I believe it's the first, uh, Monitor of this kind uh, out in the wild at, at all? Certainly, the first one, anywhere, but it thir- the idea of a 34 curved OLED gaming monitor is relatively new, and this thing is fantastic. In fact, just go look up the reviews of it if you doubt if you doubt me, um, because it is fan- it's just it's just super cool. Uh, I'm getting one very soon that I'll be using as my daily driver, and I can't wait to have that. I've been using a 34 inch curved monitors for quite some time so the from Alienware. So the fact that we're going to a new QD OLED gaming monitor from them is really exciting. Anyway, go check it out. It's got Nvidia G-Sync Ultimate available and it, it just looks beautiful. Um, so thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show and everything we do. Please click the link in the description below if you want to check out their stuff. It always helps us out when you do that. And uh, we will continue to talk about Alienware on future episodes as they have even more announcements in the future. Uh Jack wants a monitor from me. Uh, you guys don't have a monitor sponsor right now, Jack? I'm sure uh, you know you know the, the folks over at Alienware and you don't need me to hook you up. Um but you should you should see what they, they can send your way. UCF Xanth Xantha thank you the prime perchy ninety nine uh, shadows uh, shadow serif Blue Jay, uh, Maddie C, Labiri, Cruelis, Avura, Air Hydras. Actually, quick thing. I know, Caller just showed up here, but Jack, I'm very surprised you guys are not in on the WoW stuff. Because I know that you were a huge World of Warcraft player, and obviously uh, they've got the big WoW races going on right now. And I saw TL got in. So when is C9 getting into into all that? Because I know you were really big on doing all of that. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. Uh, all right.
1: Rather than sponsor teams, what if whenever there's like a world force race thing going on, you instead just like had like horse racing and the big orgs just like bet like Jack and Steve and all them. And they get to like kick a part of the commit, like the the winnings to the the org that actually wins. So like they kind of get paid. It's kind of like a sponsorship, but everyone can only bet on one horse.
0: Yeah. Golden 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 Guardians, then TL. C9 next, I think. All right. Final Nintendo Kid is here. Where are you calling from?
5: Hi, I'm calling from Davis, California.
0: Davis, California. What do you want to talk about on the show?
5: Uh, I believe my take was that EG is not going to make playoffs, and that the best contender to take their spot is CLG.
0: Wow, this is a cold take, Mark. Why are you pulling all these these freezing takes?
1: You think it's freezing cold that EG is missing playoffs in favor of CLG?
0: Let's see. Where are they right now? Okay. Here's here's why it's a hot take because I was on Mark's stream earlier. Conveniently, you're a little breathy. Final Nintendo, if you can pull the microphone yeah, a little bit further back, um, you're good. Uh, the I'm glad glad you're you're got that good breathing passage going. Uh, the reason why it's a cold take is because I was on Mark's stream earlier when somebody said something similar to this, and uh, he pulled up the teams that CLG has to play fight over the next uh five weeks and like I think they have what is almost certainly a zero two this weekend. What who are they playing this weekend? C9 TL? and TL next week. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> they're, they're fucking that's, doomed. That's tough. Like they just had their 2 0. They need a brace for impact, I guess, on on this weekend. Um and then after that they have Immortals, which could happen. T S M, which they'll definitely beat, and uh EG. So I, I think the I, actually, in your scenario, Final Nintendo, if it becomes true, I think that that final day of spring is gonna be very spicy because EG and C nine play each other on the final day. So uh, but go ahead, Nintendo. I know we kind of ran off on this, So go ahead and explain your your take uh, a little more.
5: Yeah, I mean, just kind of based on their strength of schedule and their base uh, their like most recent uh, win loss history. I think it's entirely possible that E. G will like slide down the standings even further. I mean, their their first the first round robin was not particularly impressive. Um, and they and even though they've been able to pick up some wins, it's just been like very kinda of middling at times until like Danny can just pop off somehow. Um meanwhile, like CLG just like in the last week, uh actually even in their some of the losses have just shown like that they now have a clear way of getting wins.
0: Here's the problem when you mention strength of schedule, EG has an easier strength of schedule over the next uh f- four matches before they face each other. EG faces Dignitas and Hundred Thieves and FlyQuest and but but travis
1: here's what you're not forgetting that the traver the, the the caller's main point is is that eg is dog water um and so that, that that's actually a very hard strength of schedule for them whereas clg will probably go one and one next week and then what? be able to 3-0 the last really
0: they, they beating mark are you going to take another bet is this how much hot doesn't it just
1: feel like cloud nine's due for a come down I mean, maybe a bit. Uh, actually, beat TL, it's funny you see The best team in the league. It would be a very cloud nine to thing to do to
0: beat TL then lose to the CLG, but I don't, I don't know. They did it. They did it before. I, yes, many things have happened before, uh, but I, I think that that, that weekend was uh, a little unusual for C- for cloud nine for a variety of reasons. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, oh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say. So I think. The strength of schedule part is a huge problem for this argument. It's just even if uh, they find a way to win for CLG and make it into playoffs, it's most likely uh, a, maybe another team that has a tougher strength of schedule remaining. Um, FlyQuest, for example, has to play TL and C9 still. Then they play Golden Guardians, EG, and Immortals. Like, FlyQuest, maybe they they drop games. They're, they're actually looking okay with their on two game loss streak right now. Um, you know, like, it, you, you're kind of probably looking more at them or Dig to, like, choke more than EG, just because EG doesn't have that hard of a time left. Dig also has C9. Uh, no TL. Oh, they you have both. They, they play both on the second round, Robin. So, like, a couple of the other teams have to play both C9 and TL, not EG. So, that's why I think EG is relatively safe.
0: Caller. I will nothing, say that in the, head,
5: in the head-to-head. Sorry. Um, sorry to cut you off. No, go, go. Um, I will say the head-to-head for CLG and EG, CLG does have a win over EG, um, and I'm just not really convinced by. Um, I'm just, I just really am not hot on inspired. I just never have been, and I don't know. I just, I can't believe that they.
0: When you say never have been, do you mean even when he was in the LEC and people were yeah. praising him?
5: Yeah, even in the LEC, like he was just like it was just like the I always felt like the meta really suited him during the times where he was very hot, like a very selfish playstyle where he got all the kills and then ran over the game. Um, I think, but like in a very selfish way, uh, where he got a ton of farm, um, and I don't know. It just never really convinced me that he really was like uh, a player that could do it all. Hmm. Didn't you
1: see him run over TSM on the Hecarim this weekend? Okay, but I them run over TSM. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was, I, was, I was giving you an L <laughs> on that one. That's that's what in the business you call uh setting up. Mark, setting let me hard. okay,
0: let's let's broaden the topic out. If CLG was to make it in, who do you think is most likely to get pushed out?
1: Uh
0: Dig or Fly Quest, I assume?
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's probably dig or fly. I think uh Both of them, their schedules are about the same strength. They have to play C9 and TL. Both of them have to play a somewhat respectable third team. Uh, Both of them play EG, actually. Is their schedule the exact same than Immortals and Golden Guardians? Dig plays Golden Guardians and then 100 Thieves, actually. So slightly harder for Dignitas. Dignitas have to play the top four teams in the league still, actually. FlyQuest notwithstanding. Assuming you think EG is a top four team, secretly on a stealth mission, which obviously the caller doesn't, but, um, no, I think that there is a non-zero chance that CLG makes it, but they're two games back of those other two teams, which means they actually have to go three zero, um, and beat some of those teams, but they're actually not playing any of them anymore. Uh, so they don't have like the ability to, to go one for one on one of those. So you, you're kind of hoping one of them just booms and CLG yeah. can catch, catch their spot. I
0: mean, there are not that many games left and you have to make up a two game gap. So, I think yep. that should be pretty tough. So I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna say CLG doesn't make it to playoffs. Uh, I think they had a good mm-hmm. weekend where they placed... I think that's the
1: safer bet, honestly. Yeah.
0: I think I think that's where I'm gonna go with. So sorry, caller, disagree with you. Uh, Golden Guardians is more likely to make it into the top six than CLG. That is my hot take. Wow. Nintendo Kid. Thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out?
5: Uh, yeah shout out to Grubhub I'm a college student so really helps out uh, and also shout out to the UC Davis Illegal Legends Club
2: Yeah.
0: did you hear it did you if you're going to order Grubhub make sure you use our, our code in the next couple of days because it expires on, on the 16th but I think it's five let me find it it's Travis five he'll save some money that's my secret awesome here. Yeah. thanks so much uh, Nintendo for the call and we'll catch you next time
5: thank you
1: um, we didn't really talk about the play of CLG recently, we just kind of talked about strength of schedule for that whole call. I will say, CLG is looking better when contracts, the team's biggest problem for the first half is that like someone was always feeding a lot of it was contracts. Then there were times where it was Jenkins, Palafox had some, their Balling had some, but like I think this weekend showed you what it can look like when they're actually not inting. Uh, it was Fly and Golden Guardians, who are like two of the teams that are in that playoff hunt that we're talking about. Uh, and it shows that their bot lane's legit. I think they can make team comps. That make sense. Uh, and then they seem to execute on that and, and pull back a little bit. So I still like CLG. I still don't feel too bad for being a little hot on them uh, at the start of the year. I, I, I like them.
0: Great. Glad to hear it. They had a good 2-0 weekend, and now you like
1: them. I just wanted to talk about them a little bit beyond that their strength of schedule makes them pretty I Yeah, no, easy. no,
0: that's fair. I mean, I'm... I am happy that they got the 2-0 because it would have been really sad if uh, CLG made this big bet on rookie talent instead of going for like the mid-level thing they went for the last couple years and like they just still flub. I also yeah. am happy they went 2-0 because as much as I feel bad cool. for some people over at TSM, them going 2-0 and TSM going 0-2 after the Reggie CLG meme is uh, it's just even more funny.
1: Especially given that like Immortals is now below them in the standings, and people were talking about Immortals being CLG 2.0. Yeah, and well, if they get ninth, that's literally what CLG did. So, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah.
0: Mark, a uh, quick question. I know you have three people in the waiting room. We one have our is colors. not for the Players Association.
1: Okay. two are. So I
0: think we can do the last one quick. Yeah, yeah. Let's do the last one quick. And we're. I told them that we'd be ten minutes over. They needed ten minutes, so we're good. All right, off mark goes to get the next person. Thank you to Averro air hydras, Maddie Chu, Ienuber. Oh, air hydras for two years, sick. And then Arjun Senpai. Thank you for the primes. Thank you everybody who's throwing in the subs. Always appreciate it. Cyber Healer is here. Cyber Healer, where are you calling from?
6: I'm calling from Denver, Colorado.
0: Denver, Colorado. What do you want to talk about on the show?
6: That with the two O this week for a hundred thieves, that they are starting to reestablish their identity that they were having. Last year when they won summer, and with closer not picking Lee Sin and someday act playing out of his mind recently, that they should be looked at as a top team in the
0: league. Oh, so what Mark has done is just created a parade of people who – Saw a team go two zero this weekend and now have decided that they're big believers. Uh, CLG now hundred T. I,
6: I've been a fan since 2018 of the team, so it's good to see them back and forth.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I well, understand.
1: I hate to dash your dreams right now, but they were 11K down against Golden Guardians.
6: Yeah, I'm not, Golden Guardians was a disaster. I I was sitting in the room with my
0: brother. <laughs> was and that and them like, establish, reestablishing their play style from last year, uh, going so down feel, 11K?
6: So I feel like in the beginning they didn't have a good start. And then as soon as they, I don't want to see the use the word executed, but more scaled and you know played the meta a bit better than uh, Golden Guardians and realized what mistakes Golden Guardians were making. And then they kind of just took the momentum of the win, whatever little was there, into their FlyQuest game. And it really did, I think, in my opinion, um, improve their play.
0: Is this a tough time of the year for you? Because it, it just gets really, you know as it starts to warm up, it gets harder and harder to wear the hoodies? Yeah.
6: <laughs> Oh,
2: I Thank always said
0: nobody. Thank you for laugh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you for clapping. Yes, exactly. It, that was clap. funny. That
6: was a good one. Thank you.
0: Okay, so is 100T back, baby? Mark Zimmerman, after a very middling performance for, quite frankly, the start of the year, was this eh. weekend the beginning of... Really? You think, eh? eh. We lost a Dignitas at Locken? And then they've just kind of like hovered around the middle for the most no, of. No,
1: I, I. That's why I'm. Ag- I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm going. Oh, eh, uh, okay. Like, sorry. Sorry. Know, sorry. Like, yes. it's, it's hard. I don't want to poo-poo a team after a two-zero. Like, good for you guys. I think Abadaga in the second game, in particular, looked looked a lot better on the Vex. Um, when he had been someone who had been pretty notably underperforming compared to last year, when he came over, and like the first couple of weeks he was just like smurfing on the league and it was still pretty a big part of their run for the actual title. You know, like, this was a bit of a return to form for him, but it was just one game. And that's, I think, what scares me, because it wasn't like they played two clean games this weekend. They should have gone one and one. And so that's why I'm a little hesitant to jump on the board while I did like the FlyQuest win. uh, I don't love some of their drafts right now. Um... I I really didn't like what they did on red side versus golden guardians and thought they got appropriately punished for it before golden guardians just stopped playing the game uh, correctly and then like let them them back in but like if your fifth pick counter pick red side is fucking a losing matchup to then getting like turbo slammed in lane by licorice to the point where like your team should lose the game I don't know man it felt felt pretty bad I would agree with that so, so that's why like I'm a little hesitant. Like, yes, the 2-0 felt good. I think it'll hopefully give them a bit of momentum. But until I actually see them carry that out week over week, and especially, you know, next week they play EG Immortals, that's good. Then they have C9. Like, I, if they can go four and one to end the split, I feel pretty good about it. I think they need to go basically four and one for me to like agree they got it back. IMT, EG, TSM, C9, Dig. I expected a yeah. loss to C9. They should beat everyone else. If they go three and two and they lose to EG, like I'm still like, eh, you know, like what are you, the fourth best team in the league? That's not really championship quality form.
0: I mean, that's kind of my concern for Hunter hundred T is it feels incredibly unlikely. Well, not incredibly unlikely, but like actually incredibly unlikely that they can make it to Houston. Top three teams go. And, uh, like they're they were the team that won summer last year. They've made zero changes except for they let Tenacity play for one game so they could. God, I can't it believe it.
1: Tenacity tanked them
7: that hard. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. Poor dude. Six man roster. Um, and so and and yet they, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess they are one game ahead of Dig and Flyquest right now. So maybe it's not as bad as I feel like it is. But I like it's hard not to just feel like they're in. Mark's favorite term, the soup, with dig, fly, and EG.
1: I think the reality is that they're going to make playoffs. And then no matter what happens in playoffs, you can kind of erase the whole regular season if you perform well and make finals or something. Right. You know, like, if they do make Houston and then they win a best of five in the loser's bracket against presumably TL or C9, whoever loses in the upper bracket, you know, like... That's I mean, good. right
0: now, I think they should just be happy to make Houston. That is my take yeah. on it. Is like, I, like 100 Thieves fans should just be hoping that they're playing in front of an audience in April. because, Well, a big audience the, in I April. I mean,
1: the thing that's still working for them is that there's no other candidate that's clearly better than them. Yes. Like, as much as we're down on, on 100 Thieves, who is better? And you're like, what, Fly, EG?
0: Yeah, the problem is, I think they, they have, have less than a 50% chance of making it to Houston right now because I feel like you could give... You know, you could divide up 60% chance between Dig, FlyQuest, and EG. Or even, like, a fucking... We were just talking about G- Golden Guardians or CLG making it randomly into playoffs. They get some percentage points, too, right? And so, like, that's the problem, I think, for 100 Thieves right now, is, like, they they might have the highest percentage of all the teams, but they don't have... Uh, what's the term? Uh,
1: they don't... They they have... Uh, not the majority. They have the they, plurality.
0: Yeah, plurality. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, that I think is that I think is is the challenge it's for hundred D's fans. Yeah. And I don't necessarily like they just had they really just had one good game. Like we're talking about the 2-0 weekend, but it was really one good game and one bad game. So
6: admit, this could be a lot of me just wanting to see them in Houston because I'm going. and I really just want to see them there. Oh,
0: I'm sorry, man. I hope I hope they get yeah. there for you. I sake. hope they do. And
6: yeah. me being very happy we didn't draft Lee Sin for the first time in like three weeks, and I don't know what the hell we're doing there.
0: <laughs> yeah, well.
6: So it could be a lot of that. But
0: I, know, I, I feel
6: like good things are coming. But thank yeah. you, Havamel. Thanks.
0: Thank uh, you, Cyber Healer. catching. Uh, catch oh, and is there anything you want to shout out?
6: Uh shout out to you guys for taking my call. Been a long time fan and stuff, so very good. Yeah, and then I always like it when uh, Mark is on the broadcast. Always a good day. I agree.
0: Yeah, Mark, Mark, you know, he made this big deal, and then I constantly see him on the broadcast. I want to see him less on the broadcast. He's casting, he's on the desk. Travis,
1: let's correlation, get more versus there caus- correlation versus causation, who can say less Mark, less viewership?
0: Oh, that's true. That is true. We need more Mark.
1: I don't know. You know, I'm just a simple math man, but yeah. that seems pretty one-to-one to me.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, is it any coincidence that Mark Mark has been on the broadcast less than he has ever, and also the LCS is having their worst viewership ever? I think any so. Rate. I think I better bring Mark back. Thanks, Cyber Healer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you, guys. Technically
1: this week there was more mark, right? So there was probably a big bump in viewership, Raz, that's
0: true. (laughs) No, this week uh, there was not a big bump in viewership. Oh shit,
1: no, 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 don't say that then. No, move right along. Where are the PA guys? Where's the PA guys? Yeah, okay.
0: So let me see how I can do this. Okay, so we're gonna change this really quickly. And now we've got both their stuff set up, nice. Okay, that worked very fluidly. Sorry, podcast listeners, I am changing the overlay right now, and I'm just happy that it's working. Um, okay, so they should be at least Phil should be in one of the channels. Do you um, you see him anymore? Do I,
1: what's it, does he have a, a name? I should. Is it just Phil?
0: Uh, yeah, it should be Philip Ar- Aram. Aram. I'm I'm still messing with the overlay, so. Uh, I don't know.
1: see a Philip. He needs to Aram. join a We'll, we'll if he's listening in. right now, he does oh there's I see him.
0: Okay, perfect. You want to pull him in?
1: Yep. Okay. Got one of them. Nice. Am I going fishing for a second?
0: Marty, I think, is Oh yeah. Wait, what hap- what happened here? My uh my browser source is looking funky. Um, Ooh. Hi Phil. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks um for having me. trying to, to fix the overlay. So Marty is running, you said about ten minutes or so late.
8: Yeah, I think he was picking up a kid.
0: Okay. And- Pre- presumably his behind. child. Um, okay, we can- let's it's <laughs> let's, uh, That's
8: very intrepid.
0: Let's let's grab uh, you into this call. So I'm going to call you on Skype. Uh, I'm ready. Please, please uh, mute as soon as you join.
8: Mute Skype. Got it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I've got them. So um, you should get a call now. that coming through? There you are. Hello. Yes, okay, cool. There I am. And you muted. Thank you. All right. We're on top of it. Uh okay, we're gonna put you in and we'll just start without we'll start without Marty. He can fill things in as, as he gets here, but um Welcome Ooh, to the show. Lighting. Phil, do you wanna explain you wanna introduce yourself and what you do? I know I've done an interview with you previously, but folks might have missed mm-hmm. it.
8: Yeah, I'm Phil. I'm the Executive Director of the League of Legends Players Association. I started back in May of last year, so I'm still a little less than a year in, but my job is to advocate for players and and try and get them the best conditions they can. I launched a big new project just a few days ago, and you were kind enough to bring me on air so that I can uh, stump for what we're doing.
0: Nice. Well, maybe what we should do is wait until Marty gets here to, to talk about the announcement that you guys made. And maybe what we'll do is we'll take a call that's unrelated to the announcement but is related to the Players Association okay. while we wait for Marty to get here. Does that, that work for you, Mark? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I have, I have a call that uh, I think is, is pretty good to, to feel to start.
0: Okay, sounds good. You wanna go grab him? Uh, so welcome to the show, Phil. Uh, for those that don't know, Phil, you ran EG for a while, right?
8: I did. I spent six years at EG before moving on to the Players Association and worked in um, politics and tech startups prior to that, but yeah, I worked at EG for a long time, managed players at first, helped negotiate for some players to become owners of EG, including myself, then I was an owner, then I went out on the long search to get us money to keep running and found us a buyer in Peak Six, worked for them for a while, and then decided I wanted to try something new.
0: Nice. Uh, so I'm just establishing that so that people who are like, "Who is this guy?" Mark Mark wanted to call you a suit, um, but a suit? I would, yeah, I, I was, would not describe I'm you as a suit. Given There's your... no
8: collar, shirt, tie combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Given your did, esports time, I feel like you're I less did. Of a suit. I used to wear a lot of suits in my EG management days when I worked with Charlie Yang. He was a big suit guy. And frankly, in the early days, it was like pretty useful. Like suits were like a hack you could get anywhere because if you were wearing a suit at an esports event, people would like, you could go past security without a badge because they're like, there's no one else here who's doing this. So you must be important and you just got to do whatever you want. It was good.
0: But you're not advocating anyone try this now because things have changed.
8: Absolutely not. Stay away from our players unless they've asked for you to to come close. (laughs) Okay,
0: okay. All right, very good. Well, our first caller is here, Slushy. Where are you calling from?
7: Um, Indiana. Indiana. We're in Indiana. Uh, welcome to the oh um Pendleton. Pendleton, okay, don't know where that is. All right. It's somewhat middle.
0: Slushy, right. what do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Um, my take is that um Hundred T's um tenacity experiment has failed and now he's kind of resting in a contract prison, um, lowering the quality of the league and also hurting tenacity's um career.
0: Uh, okay, so Tenacity is stuck in contract prison. And do you? I assume you think the Players Association should do something about this. Or I don't know if you had a way to tie this into the Players Association. Otherwise, Mark and I can do it for you.
8: Yeah, we we will find a way to, to shoehorn this in. That's all right. You guys take it where you want to go, and I'll, I'll swing in wherever you want. Um, okay. I really
7: didn't have any definite way to tie it into the Players Association.
8: No, you do. Um, but...
0: The way that you were going to... Mm-hmm. is by saying that you're worried about how players end up in academy jail or contract prison, and you feel like this is an issue and that it's something that the Players Association should be concerned about. And so let me first throw it to Mark to ask, is Tenacity in contract prison, or you know, what do you think of the six-man roster failure type thing?
1: Uh, well, I think it's too early to call it a failure. Just wait until playoffs when somebody's not cutting it and they bring tenacity in and he rallies the team to make finals uh then you'll be eating your words but assuming that doesn't happen uh i i don't know i mean i don't know if he is specifically in contract jail but there's been a lot of players over the years who seem to be performing in academy there seems to be positions uh where people are not performing the lcs in the same you know role and somehow those guys just somehow don't end up on that team and so there's probably something going on there contractually that I I don't have the insight on. But one plus one equals two sometimes, you know. Yeah.
0: Where's Where's Ken V Speaking of Hundred T Academy players, it's a good question. Couldn't tell you. Uh, I could tell you. In academy prison. No. Um. Okay. <laughs> Phil. So on the topic of players in academy and big buyouts and teams deciding to just hold players and wait for somebody to pay the buyout rather than letting them have the chance that they so desperately desire more than anything else. Uh, is this something that you guys talk about and think about at the Players Association?
8: Yeah. I'm glad you asked. I forgot the guy's name from Indiana, but guy from Indiana. Slushy. I appreciate you can look the at Discord.
0: Question. That's the cheat.
8: Slushy. Okay. Yes. okay go back to Discord. I got a Skype call up. This is the, I had to reinstall Skype. Only for you only have one monitor. No, I have three, but I okay. Gotta, so you can put Skype on the one, camera,
0: Discord like, oh, on the other,
8: because if I'm looking away, I can't be looking over here. You'll know that I'm not paying attention. So Phil, I just openly do that. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. What
0: do you <laughs> What do you think of play of contract prison?
8: What do I think? Well, we think a lot. We actually, we, I meet with the academy and amateur folks at Riot every two weeks. We actually meet on Friday this week, and since I came on, we've talked really regularly about you know how do we deal with players getting kind of stuck in three-year contracts in academy when you know there's a clear understanding that they have the talent to play at the lcs level but they're sort of being held back at it by a team that's you know maybe not genuinely trying to uh, like bring them up in their own system like maybe they know they don't have a lot of um reason to run them on their lcs team because of whatever their roster is but they you know but they also want to hold them for a big buyout instead of just and suddenly move on to another team. So, you know, some of the proposals we had were to kind of get rid of this contract jail situation that were still that are still out, but are I think currently being stalled up by the global team, if I'm being being fully honest, who have kind of final say on a lot of rules that we're we're dealing with a little bit in the dark. But you know, our our proposal was if a player's been on the same team under contract for three splits in Academy, then they should become an immediate restricted free agent so that another team should be able to come in, make an offer to, to that team to say, we wanna pay this player, you know, a LCS salary to bring them up. And if you're holding them in Academy for a year and a half, you can match and pay them an LCS salary to keep them in Academy if you really want them, or you can accept sort of a fixed term buyout effectively. I think that would be a pretty good solution. It would give teams a window to develop talent um, and, you know, if the talent was clearly of LCS caliber, then there would be a pathway for them to you know, get that realized.
1: I think the uh, the point about the global side of the environment or ecosystem, whatever you want to call it, is something that um, probably hampers things more than fans and even myself think about sometimes because I, I know at some point someone's going to talk about a CBA here or something um, unionizing and whatnot. And, of course, that leads to like, salary caps and like all these kinds of things potentially uh but then it gets extra sticky when there's this whole other global side to the esport that how exactly all that functions so is is that something that like long term will continue to be it's you said it's a sticking point right now and this isn't even like the craziest thing that you guys could push for so like Mm -hmm. uh is there a way that like that you, you can build a bridge to make things easier to incorporate in NA without stepping on global toes.
0: Well, and and just for, for anybody who doesn't understand, unlike the three of us who have pretty good understandings of Riot uh, politics and all that stuff, the global team, there's a separate team that basically administers like lol esports on a global level. And so they have a lot of decision making around how rule sets go around contracts and all that stuff because... A change to the contracts in the LPL could echo out into how available those players are, for instance, for getting picked up in the LCS and all over the place. And so that's what's happening here is that it sounds like from Phil, it's not necessarily a thing where like the North America commissioner, for instance, has an issue with this idea or the academy folks, it's more something where the global side of riot is, uh, I guess, holding up the change.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think we've had some frustrations we've worked with on our, our local side, which is that you know we advocate for players. Yes, we advocate for LCS players, but you know, our advocacy is not a zero sum game. The, the work that we do should, in many cases, have a positive impact on players around the world. You know, we we are hopeful that our work raises all sales in that way. Uh, the global team has a policy historically, if not talking to you know individual teams or players, I think. You know, there's a natural understanding that they have a bias towards English-speaking players because the global team is primarily English-speaking. So, you know, there's some there's some understandable sort of like barriers they put in there. But, you know, we really don't have a natural pathway to talk with them historically. That's something that we're understanding is potentially changing in the near future. We're really hopeful it will. Um, but also, the you know the global rule index is is not public. So we, we don't you know no one gets to see what the global rules are. So you know, it's kind of a, an awkward process where we work with the LCS team we come to ideas that we think are actually good and then they have to run it up the ladder to global and then we kind of both find out whether or not global is going to put a blocker on it and we really end up having to rely on the lcs team to advocate for our positions to global team if global's not into it and you know it's, it's hard as someone who likes to talk and thinks he can convince people of of things you know time or two like you know it feels pretty bad to not be able to go and do my advocacy work directly to people who are making decisions so it's something that we're working on with riot and we're still hopeful is going to be resolved because we think we got some really good policies and really good ideas that could help to improve not just the LCS ecosystem but a lot of ecosystems and and create, you know, better pathways for players while still making teams, you know, more competitive and have better parity. So, you know, we we're hopeful that we're going to make progress on that, but it is a, you know, it's definitely a, a slowdown point for us on a bunch of stuff lately.
0: Yeah. That is pretty disappointing to know that there's kind of like a separate higher level of rules and restrictions on League of Legends esports that is not necessarily transparent because of the way the global stuff operates.
8: Yeah, and it's you know it's public and Valorant their their kind of global rules are so you know it's not a consistent thing at Riot so we, we, we expect this to be something that'll that'll change in the near future which is why we haven't really um, you know pushed hard on it in a big way but you know it is what's it is a thing that's slowing us up right now hard to um, you know hard to make policy in a vacuum not knowing that you're already breaking you know breaking some rule <laughs> along the way so gotcha all right i can imagine that being frustrating (laughs) um staying very calm
0: mark i don't know i'm i'm going to work on getting marty in. so i don't know if you have any other questions on this topic or want to talk to uh
1: we can also potentially pull another caller if you want because i feel like uh i don't know slushy do you feel like that answered your question on the the contract hells the contract prison thing that that flare is going to end up in
7: um yeah someone answered it but I still think Tenacity is a little bit more unique in the fact that um, he is not in academy. He's not really in LCS, only played the one locking game, and now he's kind of just disappeared in a sense. So he's kind of like not even building a career, not really hurting a career. He's just kind of stagnant.
1: I think on that point, I can ask a follow-up question as well. Uh, Contracts, some of them when I was playing in structure was that you had some incentive, like you had potentially more money based off the amount of games you played in, whether that be an academy or LCS, uh, that could, like, that rate could fluctuate based off the league. Is that something that's still in the contracts right now? And, like, is that something that if a player is in a nasty situation where they're they're playing no games on stage, it seems, is that protected somehow that, that he's not in one of these contracts where, like, oh, I'm getting screwed over because I can't make money now because I, I'm not playing games anywhere?
8: Yeah, so he definitely couldn't be being paid zero. He's an employee in the state of mm-hmm. California, so they're required to pay him California federal minimum or. California yeah, he could be minimum.
0: paying like academy minimum versus yeah. LCS. Minimum. Yeah, I mean,
8: it, it is certainly possible. And I, you know, even if I did know the specifics of Tenacity's contract, if you were in the database, I, I would not be able to speak to the specifics of it. But you know, as I was speaking hypotheticals, so it is possible that a player would have a contract that says that they have one salary in the LCS and one salary in academy. If a player is not playing in the LCS, I'm sure the team would interpret that as, you know, potentially saying that they are an academy sub now instead of an LCS sub. I'm not sure if they'd make any public announcements of that otherwise, but you know, presumably he you know, a player in that situation is most likely making whatever the base of their salary is for whichever um, whichever LCS or academy they're considered in right now would be my presumption. If not and your tenacity and you're listening in, please message me. Papa well, Smithy. Don't worry, in the Papa chat. Smithy's listening and he messaged. Okay, Papa, yeah, Papa, Papa Smithy says unlock.
0: Tenacity is being paid his full LCS salary. Please, no fake news. Thank you, uh, Papa Smithy. Appreciate there you it. go. Yes, unless Papa Smithy is lying, in which case Tenacity oh, should still oh, real real news. Phil. Yes, exactly. exactly. Okay, I'm going to go on
1: Tenacity's Twitter. What's the last thing he tweeted?
0: <laughs> um, okay, very good. Either way, uh, no, I think I, I appreciate you ra- raising the topic slushy. How many games did Tenacity play? And did he only play in lock-in, if I recall?
1: He played one game in lock-in.
7: Yeah, to the one. Oh, God,
0: that's got to... It's, it's gotta be, been
7: 59 days. It's
0: got to be so rough. Like, ah. Uh, it, I, it, I think TSM and um, Cloud9 and all the drama that went along with that stuff I think has probably made people not notice that, like, it is kind of wild. The 100T announced a six-man roster. They played one of the players for one game, and then that's been it, so... I don't know. Probably something I should be trying to get an interview with Papa Smithy or somebody about uh, maybe the coaching staff.
8: Can I give a shout out to Papa Smithy? This guy is in the chat in every interview I'm in. I don't know if he is just on on all the time in all the spaces, but this guy's plugged in.
0: He's worried he actually, about what you're going to say, Phil. Just like this, he was ready to go.
1: <laughs> it's actually a team of people who manage his Twitch account. That could be Papa. That could be you know. The, it's the actually a team of people GM. that manage. <laughs> Tenacity, his brand. Is that you?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh that's that's what they're paying him for is he's managing the papa smithy account
7: okay slushy thank you for the call
0: anything you want to shout out before we
7: introduce our new guest uh no not really just um my girlfriend my two kids love you fantastic ya.
0: thank you Slashy. catch uh catch you later have a good one all right you too all right so we have stealth added marty to the show marty you can unmute on discord now can, can you air. can you mute on Skype as well because we're getting you out of two uh sources right now yeah oh now you're muted nope. on both Nothing. Uh, there's definitely a way to mute exclusively I, in Skype and not here. now does it work yes no, yes yes perfect <laughs> okay, fantastic uh okay, yes, we stealthily added you to the show. Um, sorry I had to cut you off there for a second. Do you I, want okay. I said I
9: enjoyed how you stealth resized me during the yes, broadcast.
0: Yes. Yes. Everything, you know, it's a very advanced production here. Um, Marty, you uh, the last time I interviewed you, you were running an esports team called Splice. Uh, how is that team doing these days?
9: Uh, well, it's called Mad Lions now and they won a couple of championships last year, so I think pretty good actually.
0: Nice, nice. Uh All right, no. Uh setting all that stuff aside, do you want to explain what you do? Uh, in the esports space now?
9: Yeah, so I joined a company called One Team Partners 16 months ago, and uh, One Team was only at the time about nine months old. Um, It was formed by the NFLPA, the MLBPA, and then funded by a private equity company called uh, Redbird. And you might know Redbird because they own the XFL, they own some soccer clubs. They're really deep in the sports space as far as funding. And the idea was that uh, players associations do a pretty solid job of monetizing their group rights, but there was more opportunity because their main focus is, of course, to take care of players, right? Player issues um, take care of players. And so what if there was a commercialization engine that could focus on maximizing for them so they had plenty of money to both run the PA and to put back in the pockets of players. And I took a job leading the esports efforts over at the company after meeting their um, head of gaming, who's a longtime games industry veteran and talked about what we could do in eSports. And what drew me in was thinking, I bet we can do the same thing for eSports players that they're already doing so, so well for traditional sports athletes. And here we are 16 months later, 15 months after my first talk with Darshan, December of 2020, and we're going to start doing just that.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Well, now that we've got the basis on that, Phil, maybe you can help explain to the audience a little bit what it means whenever you guys are talking about player rights and monetizing and sort of how all this stuff works. Cause I think there's a lot of people that are, might be confused about this.
8: The quick glaze over. Yeah. Um, so basically we at the PA, when I took this job, we had, money in the bank from the previous funding from riot that was a no longer ongoing relationship but which had caused a lot of people a lot of consternation saying how can a pa for players be funded by the developer this is clearly conflict of interest you know who are they really working for obvious problems so when i came on we basically had an end date you know Darshot... hello
2: oh yeah you lost
3: good. you just for a
0: I'm second still there okay my, yeah yeah. My, yeah i think the I video dropped this... out my Skype yeah,
8: just I, closed. Yeah, okay. it's just Skype being terrible. I don't know why we use Skype oh, anymore. Oh my God! The last people I'm... in America, I'm confident. You know they hey, really enjoy Phil, Phil, Phil case right you know now, a lot you
0: know about, know about fucking the running the LCS Players Association. What do you know about NDI? Okay, do you <laughs> do you have any good NDI feeds for Xbox? <laughs>
1: oh, I oh, love doing yeah. this
0: mark makes mark gets me so annoyed okay you know what we should just do we should just use discord like everyone says and then we'll just leak conversations like peter did the very first time he did his fucking show on discord anyway phil um go you were saying
8: so when i joined and i talked to darshan one of the first things we did before i said yes was let's find out how long i can do this job before we run out of money um and so we have mapped that out, and then one of my missions coming in, aside from proving that the PA is a value and can and can do things for players and then really show, um, you know, show meaning, was to also figure out how, if we do, you know, number one, how we then transition into not dying out because we have no money. So. Uh, you know, the long and the short of it is, group rights is the solution to that. It's what's used in every players' association in North America in order to fund their PA and also to protect the group rights of their players and put money back in players' pockets. Group and rights it, are the kinds.
0: Of, yeah, go, go, what are group rights?
8: What are group rights? I'm so glad you asked, Travis. Group rights are when players appear when a group of players appears in any commercial setting. So um, for us, it's four. Uh, PAs kind of range from four, five, six. Depends on the Depends on the league and the, and the situation, but or is it four? If they appear in a commercial setting, like let's say trading cards, where a bunch of players are all participating, you all, you know, every single player shows up in a trading card on on tops or whatever, and it has their information, it has their jersey, and it has their face and their name and stats and all that. That is a group rights deal. So to get all the players in the NFL to do that trading card deal, they go through the players' association and their sales partner. In our case, in many cases, one team, and they are the ones who negotiate that. The players then make some money and they also go do a deal to get the team licenses and the league licenses. So they get money too. So that's what group rights kind of are at the most basic, but the whole foundation of group rights deals were put together in the 60s with baseball. It's how the first real player association turned into a really powerful union in American sports. And the other players associations have followed suit after that using the same group rights model in order to fund themselves and give themselves the capacity to go into collective bargaining and, and be robust unions. What? Yeah. You... And
9: can I okay. jump off of Phil's point? Just I, I want to add a piece sure. of color. Um, when we talk about the other marks, uh, not to be confused with this marks as my bad dad joke for the night, I can't help it. <laughs> um, they're like, it let's take trading cards right so panini uh, has a deal with the nfl right now and they have a deal with the NFLPA, and they make trading cards and so they do those two deals so that they can put both the players name image and likeness or nil which is the going term as well as the marks of the teams the league and that kind of stuff so there are two separate deals that are done here traditionally they're you know they're dual licensed products we say um there are some products that can be done uh, with a single license and a great example is uh, so rare out there makes a fantasy game And they first did a deal with just the soccer players, right? They didn't go get the teams. It was just the soccer players. Now the teams are coming on later after they decided it was a good product and they wanted to join on because it's good revenue. But I want to kind of throw the distinction of two licenses. And we're really focused on the player side, but that will provide opportunities to the team and league to also license alongside
0: us. So uh, one of the things that you had mentioned to me, Phil, along on the side, you guys are talking about trading cards. But... Uh, met you Phil. I think you mentioned like Madden or 2k or these types of games that have to have the players in them um, Those also kind of go through this method as uh, similarly. Yeah,
8: absolutely So if you ever played Madden on the front cover of Madden is a little emblem in the bottom that says NFL PA on it which is a, a, a showing that they have licensed the rights from the PA to use player likeness in the game So that's a very core part and there are some ga- some video games in the history where you know, they're almost every player joins the group license from Tom Brady down to the you know minimum salary player. Um, I think one of the only real cases that's um, in recent memory or history when someone didn't join the group license was Barry Bonds. And the only reason I knew this growing up was because I played MLB games and Barry Bonds just showed up as like player number and his name wasn't in there. And it was like, I didn't, you know, it, was, it like broke my world when I was 13. Yeah. I remember.
0: So theoretically, uh, I was just going to say, if they wanted to make a game that was like, Captain Flowers LCS 2023 uh, you guys like uh, they would approach this group would approach you guys and say hey we want to do a a licensing deal for all the players in the LCS and then they would also need to go do a licensing deal with all the teams to get the rights for all the teams and so there's a world here where if they wanted to also have all these players playing on like Dignitas and CLG etc and so there's a world here where there's like revenue generating opportunities both for the players and for the teams.
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that and, and I, I want to mention that like part of our due diligence and coming to the point where we we did this deal was is there a market right because I believe there was a market but uh, we had to go out and talk to our partners and we talked to partners in numerous different categories to understand not LCSPA but in general esports and what the opportunity was and what we heard was a resounding yes the challenge was they're not going to go collect these rights right and the comparison is. Uh, college sports right now right like college nil is now being able to be monetized but no one's going to go out and get all the football players or all the nba players etc instead when we say hey we, we, we announced a deal we did for example uh with uh, panini for um for trading cards in college and that said we'll go get the players for you and then you have to do deal with one party with just one team and that's a it's a big deal for them like these trading card companies or video game companies or whatever they just want to do a single deal with players a single deal with the league if there is one and go make a product they're not going to go collect a thousand players a hundred players whatever the number is
1: so one of the faults i have for this is obviously the has gets licensed to then use the players name image license uh likeness excuse me uh for right now in league there are third party things that do that but obviously don't have a deal with you guys, I assume, yet. Things like Sleeper had a fantasy app, um, and I assume there's there's probably a bunch of things that I'm not aware of. Is it the kind of thing where if they don't work with the Players Association, then you tell them, hey, you can't make this, otherwise there's, like, legal repercussions? You go, you sue get, their ass. Sue their ass? Uh, or, like, how does it work to to get, like, if, if you're, like, some nobody with a website and you just want to make a fun game, like, you're not going to go after them, but if there's, like, oh, Sleeper's owned by this company. Like, how, how does all this work with, like, the current league ecosystem now that this this is in place?
9: Yeah, um, and what's interesting, Mark, is that we obviously deal with the same thing with all of our other PAs. So I, maybe I should mention who we represent. So we represent, I mentioned we're owned by the MLBPA and the NFLPA, but we also represent the WNBPA, the MLSPA, the U.S. the National Soccer Team PA, and the U.S. Rugby PA. So we have a very difference in sizes, as you can imagine, right? The size mm-hmm. of the WME PA is different drastically from the NFL PA. And the ultimate goal is always to do what's best for the players. And so there'll be times where we're making a decision with the PA, right? Like, I say we. One team isn't really making a decision in that circumstance. One team and the PA is working together to decide what's the best move for the players long term. And there's no, like clear line that we always do this um our managing director who was president of the nfl players inc, or sorry mlb players inc which is the you know commercial arm of uh the mlbpa and is general counsel there for many many years talks about how there's there's lots of nuance here right so there, like even with the mlbpa which is what like 60 years old i think you said phil is the age they're yep. still nuance all the time and when they're choosing to chase certain things or you know um, allow certain licenses etc and I think that we can't ever say, always this, always that. But I'll say it as, as, as close to as whatever's in the best interest of the players.
8: We're okay. very litigious minded, Marty. I don't know if we talked about this, but sue everyone. <laughs> every <laughs> every single motherfucker that, can, that uses I'll, I'll let players. you know. <laughs> Tim,
1: Tim Seven Houston is sweating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oracle's
0: elixir. Guys. He's about
8: to blow up my DMs immediately. Yeah, uh,
0: that's great. In jest,
8: folks, in jest. Marty was oh. very right
0: Okay uh, Well there, there is Before we get into calls I There was one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about Which um, Which was something I noticed this afternoon So Mar- I will direct this question To you Marty and, and I guess Phil chime in as well But Very funny There's a, an Interesting situation here Where a member Of the Players Association Board of Directors Is also A member of Or also works full time At one team This happened recently and then, and uh, she came in as part of an acquisition of a company that was, I believe, owned and operated by Bryce Blum, who is like the the big lawyer for all of the medium lawyer, medium lawyer for all of the different LCS teams that are out there. Why wow, you so called a medium? Of, that's that's something I like that. Kind of on the LCS side, you know. I felt big t- big lawyer was building him up too much. Um, and so I think Bryce could appreciate that. Yeah. So, so to me, you know, I looked at this and I'm like, okay, this feels really weird. Like not only is it a situation where you have somebody on the board of directors from the PA who was working full time at the company that the PA just did a deal with, but also you have a situation where that person came in and part of their team, you know, you, you guys acquired this team that includes the guy who's representing all the teams, um, uh, the LCS teams. There's a lot of one team, LCS teams, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I know the word
9: team throws us off yes, here. Yes, yes.
0: Um, but like this, I think, is the type of thing that would raise a lot of eyebrows. And uh, when I noticed it, I was like, okay, this seems complicated and weird and a little conflict of interest. So how are you guys managing this? Because that, I think, is – that's about as close as you can get in some ways to the teams, right, is by having somebody who represents them working for you guys.
9: Sure. Yeah. And I'll walk you through kind of the the timeline here. So as I mentioned, Darshan and I had our first call in 2020 December myself. Eric Winston, who's our chief partnerships officer and was president of the NFLPA for a very long time and just started to explore things. This is pre-Phil, pre-bringing on a Laura, Laura Gabaflan again, which is who you're referring to, and Bryce Blum, et cetera. And we began to explore, but recognized that until there was a new executive director, it was gonna be difficult to move a deal, especially because the season started shortly after that, of course, right? And in the meantime, we kept in touch. We actually offered to, to you know help in the search for an executive director because we have a lot of experience there. And um, in the meantime, I did end up leading the acquisition of TheoryCraft, mainly because we needed marketing for games, creative services, so non-esports related. So both Lauren and Nathan, who are two of the partners, now work full-time in our company, and they work on marketing for all of our games we make, so Madden and... Uh, with Konami, we make eFootball, et cetera, et cetera, and so they're working in a separate part of the company. Um, once we did start in earnest to work on this deal, so Phil and I, we had to entirely recuse Lauren from the from everything. She wasn't involved in any calls, any negotiations, and that uh, I won't speak for Phil, but I say I happen to know this. She wasn't even on any of the board calls because she had to be fully recused on both sides. So right. we, you know, we took a a wall that was very, very firm there. As far as Bryce goes, I should mention, Bryce does not work full-time for us. He's actually in a a consulting arrangement uh, because he, of course, has his full-time legal capacity. So both Lauren and Nathan came in full-time, but Bryce is there for when I need to tap him, right? Hey, I have an idea, Bryce. I want to run this by you. And we we spent some time on the phone. Uh, But Bryce literally had no idea this deal existed until very recently, long after we'd gotten deep, deep, deep down the consummation um, for very obvious reasons. And I informed Bryce when I said, look, I know this is going to affect you because people are going to go, well, that's weird. Weird, Bryce. Um, maybe even your clients are going to say, "Well, that's weird, Bryce." But this isn't the first time in his career he's had to deal with being on two sides of the table as a consultant and as a lawyer. And so, you know, he um, was has been never been any part of it at any point. Of course, you can say Marty. Of course, you can say that we still think you're full of shit. Well. I can only tell you what I know is true and you can choose to believe me or not. Um, but I can tell you that the company I work for, it, I mean, it's owned by players. Right. And that's a big part of what drew me to the company. And so it's always focused on best interest of players, period.
2: Yes.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, glad, glad we were able to address that and, and, and learn about that. I know some people on Twitch out their eyes have been glazing over folks. <laughs> this is what it looks like. Whatever we have to like do our due diligence <laughs> and checking it on stuff. People are like, but what, what, how does this is, uh, you, Travis, guys want, you, you, you guys want people to ask tough questions. And due diligence th- questions.
8: Nobody th- wants to hear
1: them. Um... There's a limit to the, the due diligence I think you need to do. I think that's that's one that maybe you uh, want this little is uh, This is within that,
0: even color. if people don't understand it. We'll grab a caller. Mark is off to grab him. Uh, shout out to some subs. Thank you to Epsion, uh, Prometheus, Hey It's Hotshot. Shot, uh, All The Dog, Jimmy Columbine, Maury Wakes, CJ Foxy, Arjun Senpai, and... Rico Suave is here. Rico Suave, where are you calling from? We're calling from New
10: Rochelle, Westchester.
0: From Westchester, did you move?
10: Yeah, moved. Got married. Got a wife now. Congratulations! Oh, let's go.
0: Congratulations! Yes. All right, that's awesome.
10: Thank you. Um, so you should bring Hotline Love back.
0: Yes, yes. That we made that happen on, on that ill-advised show. one thing, good thing to come out of it. Anyway, let's um, let's talk about this. So, uh, what are you what are you calling in for, Rico?
10: i'm calling in to talk about when uh, the pa does unionize what will they do to handle player contracts and will they put a salary cap on teams Um, i'm not sure if you guys uh have looked into the history of uh some players being screwed over one of them being phoenix uh literally was given like two three days before the end of uh free agency to find a team and didn't have enough time and you also had in um teams I mean certain players put in like quote unquote contract hell where they couldn't get out of a team because of a buyout deal
8: yeah thank you for the question Rico Suave I like your name um congratulations on the marriage and the move I think one thing to really important to point out we talked about the group rights deal the group rights deal is a first and really pivotal step towards being able to to unionize. We are not a union, right? We are a, player, we are a nonprofit trade association as it stands today. It's, you know, it has a lot of money to unionize, especially in sports. You have to have a lot of lawyers and a lot of people to work through very complex bargaining situations and, and you're basically redesigning the league in many ways because you're agreeing on all the terms of how the players will interact in the league. And that includes things like buyouts, contract jails, how free agency works, when players can be dropped, when they can be added. So, you know, it's, we, we've taken the first big step, having an independent, association that's able to be advocate for players and also be able to do the lifting. If, if unionization, unionization comes, we may have some questions later on about some of the legal complications. There had a call with riot today where we were some very frank conversations on both sides where we both basically said, neither of us really know how to do this and we're going to keep trying to figure out what it looks like. So um, there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of there there before we get there. But yeah, if we get to unionization, the, you know, the things that we can do are, you know, it's everything on the sun that you see in traditional sports. Whether it be, you know, raising minimum salaries, ensuring guaranteed contracts, like are in the NBA, instituting a draft could be on the table. And of course, you know, we we believe team. You know, we we believe team owners would certainly be looking for something like a salary cap. Potentially. It's not something that we would in- impose on them. Most likely you know, our, our goal is to ensure our players are fairly compensated. And we think that the fair market value of a player is what decides that and not an artificial cap on what they're, what they're earning. But that would certainly be something that would be, you know, something that owners would likely p- like to put on the table. So uh, until we get there though, we don't know anything for sure, but yeah, a whole lot of things that could be, could be tackled and a lot of good to never players.
0: Yeah. It's Rico. I'm, I'm curious why, Like, you mentioned, like, would they institute a a salary cap? That's not something that the LCS Players Association would want, right? Or the LCS Players Union in this situation. Because that just takes players or money out of the pockets of the players. It's something the owners would want as a means of, you know, negotiating with the the teams. Like, okay, we'll allow this, but we don't want to have to pay you more than X per team or something.
10: Yeah, but if you do decide to put a salary cap, then teams will have to strategically try to, you know mix and shuffle um i want these players certain players we will give them this amount and then kind of fill in and kind of give lower tier teams a better chance to compete with um the high- higher teams
0: well this is so this kind of allows me to, to bounce off of this uh phil i have long stood the the stance that it is not in the i am not a union buster However, this is the different on Twitter earlier. Yes, yes, I know, as a joke. Uh, This is the rare exception where I feel like it is almost not in the the. It it is not worth it, especially for the players on the high end, to try to unionize, because once they unionize, then there can be collective bargaining, and the the teams do not want to be paying the salaries that they are paying right now, and so what you would almost certainly see is player salaries getting slashed a ton. Because in most players' unions and most collective bargains, to my limited understanding of it, they're getting a percentage of the revenue of the league. And right now, I think there's a good chance that a lot of these players are making... Uh, like, that the players right now, the total player income, represents larger than, like, 50% of the income of the league, just in terms of how much people are being paid. So... Um, I, I'm curious what you you think of all this as we're talking about salary caps and unionization.
8: Yeah, you know, I th- I think there was probably a time when I subscribed to sort of that conventional wisdom. I think it's, uh, I think it sells short the, the economics of league of League of Legends and of esports. You know, we're not in the same boat as a traditional sport that's been around for twenty or thirty years and has a fully established like economic model we are dealing with a lot of companies that are in startup mode still serving you know as a bridge between sports and tech companies who have active business models that involve you know strategically spending more money than they make in order to position themselves to be the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cowboys of or the Lakers of the future esports that exists you know in, in 10 or 20 years that's that's an active business model from a lot of teams and that you know that has what is that is what has dictated the market in the industry and people talk about sustainability there's still a lot of work to be done on increasing the revenue side of the business but you know, frankly speaking i don't think that a, a one-to-one mapping of of the sports revenue model splitting system is is one that makes sense here you, know, you also have a developer who you know gets a, a percentage of of revenues as well off of off of deals that come in so there's a, a few things that kind of have to come to the table but you know, there are gains to be made for for our players and unionizing, no doubt. I mean, we hear constantly on the subreddit and myself with our players about situations like contract jails, situations like players signing a three year deal, but only having a two week term without cause notice. So the team owns you and can send you anywhere they want for three years, but they can send you to the doormat on two weeks notice and not owe anything after like, those are you know, really inequitable terms and, 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 you know, wildly, um, I think, you know, almost unconscionable deal terms for, um, you know, for sports. So, you know, we think that those are things where players can gain a lot IP rights. You know, our work here on group rights is only the beginning of of um, really defining what players own for themselves in terms of their name, image and likeness. And, you know, in traditional sports, a player has so much more capacity to monetize themselves than many players do in esports teams. So, you know, the, the list again goes on and on for places where players have to gain. And the salary cap is certainly a consideration of weight that every player is going to have to make when deciding if they want to collectively bargain and unionize and you know, we'll have to do some, you know, some cold hard calculus with our players to determine if you know, that risk is, is worth the reward of all the other gains possible. Yeah.
9: I'd like to throw something in here too, Travis. Um, sure. when I, you know, like it's easy to point to salary, right? Like it's the especially in esports today, that's the biggest factor a lot of times is how much money can you pay me? Um closely related to how well can the team win, right? Those are probably the two number one factors people are going to sign. And you know, traditional sports, there's a lot more going into it. What city are you in? Who else am I going to play with? What kind of a uh, um other terms are built in there, revenue, shares, all kinds of things like that. And we don't have a lot of those complexities yet. So I'm, some of them have been creeping in and they'll come over time because bigger players can demand more. But how about um, a year ago, when the call of duty league had their world championship and the next day said oh by the way we're moving from five players per team to four players per team and the players read about it on social media and immediately one player from every team lost his job without ever having a seat at the table that affects the high paid players and the low paid players and i think that like i'm not like trying to call out Activision here or call out the league. I mean, call them out every, (laughs) but what I mean though, is like, this is pretty common in esports today. I mean, I've been on the other side of the bargaining table, right? I was a team owner for a very long time, we're very separate today right the players and the teams slash league and so the players don't have a seat at the table for those conversations When we're deciding on format of the league when we're deciding about making changes to the way the structure of the league works like teams get to be part of that conversation right and players aren't today so th- i mean there is a lot more that goes into it when you think of player welfare um than just the salary and, and i know that again you talk about glazing over you mentioned that'll make players eyes glaze over and eric winston would even tell you that with nfl players right him about safety despite the fact that they have a you know a, a contact sport and their eyes will glaze over but talk to them about the payday and it's a very different conversation but the truth is it, it it impacts more people than we want to talk about right like there's a there's a heavy impact in these nuances phil's talking about in contracts and the, what the power that the league holds to make changes carte blanche
8: without the players you know input for example
2: yeah yeah that's no, fair we have to wrap it out. up really quick phil oh well. no
8: okay I was gonna go for another five minutes. The no, no. If you have a short, forever.
0: if you have a short version, but we have a we have an ad and two calls to take. So no, no, and one, Mark, start.
1: I will say it's one call because uh, there's been a bit of a double dip in topics. So. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. Well, then go ahead, uh, Phil. You have five minutes.
8: Yeah, I already lost it. Go.
0: You don't have anything. If there's anything you want to build, not, I was trying to cut you oh, off completely. We've just,
8: had so much banter since my five minute request that it's completely. Okay. Gone now. Fair enough. Uh, thank I have you. To have to follow up. Real follow
10: up question
0: really quickly
10: <laughs> so what would be like your your ace in, your ace in your sleeve like if the lcs team don't want to comply with you guys what are you going to do like you know as you recently heard baseball players uh baseball union union uh, pretty much pulled themselves out and delayed the season what do you have
8: incorrect first off baseball That's was it. a lockout not a strike that means that the team owners decided to kick the players out and tell them don't show up to work because there's no work for you until you guys give us more money that is what happened there so let's re- let's remember that um, but the ace in the sleeve for labor is always going to be a strike absolutely I had, when I when've ever asked by the, about this I always say the same thing like of course, we keep that on the table. It's up to players. Any employee has the right to withhold services if they don't believe that they're being paid an equitable, um, in equitable or, way or in a contract that is fair and safe. So, you know, absolutely, that's always the ace in the hole for labor. It's a very simple playbook. It's, you know, you negotiate and negotiate and negotiate. And if you know push comes to shove and people don't believe that this deal is worth, you know, worth them being, um, you know, being in the business, then they hold out through through strike. It's a really core part. Hey, look. Kitten. No, don't it's address bad. it. It's, we don't it's address it. Very,
9: very serious talk and then a
8: kiss. Yeah. I appreciate that. We need that mix. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's it's the core thing. You never want to get there and you do everything you can to collaborate and find a middle and find a ground. At the end of the day, players want to play. They want to compete. Everybody wants the league to happen because that's how everybody is going to, you know, make money and, and keep their livelihoods. But you also have to be principled and understand that sometimes you have to take a stand for what's most important.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, Rico, thanks so much for the call. Anything that you want to shout out before we say goodbye Shout out to your wife
10: grubhub alien wind game fuel and flight quest for being a humble org have a good night guys
0: thanks so much for the call nice
10: speaking to you. Yeah.
8: did he get paid for that
0: no you phil you must not watch hotline league so my callers uh, or our callers are really great like about shouting out the sponsors for the show on the way out and it is part yeah. of the reason why hotline league him? is the uh, the cash cow no you think you're looking at Marty as if he's the guy that's going to be able to bring you all the commercial value, bring, but
8: bring Rico Suave back in. We're unionizing you, Rico Suave, right now. <laughs> using viewers? viewers. Oh, oh he's the, here.
0: The the viewers are going to unionize. No, well, I want you to know, there's Rico, a ton you're of providing view, value. There's a ton of viewers that never get selected that would happily take these call jobs, <laughs>
7: Phil, yeah, and call it every know. week. You
1: you won't. We will lock him out so fast you won't
8: believe. Yeah, we're yeah, going to strike. Yeah. Not lock him out. But no, we're, we're locking out. Together, Rico.
7: <laughs>
0: you can't strike Whoa. on us. We're locking your, call, your, your callers your Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah,
1: going yeah. to yes. yes. so put everything behind a donut wall. We're yes. donut walling our viewers from now on. If you want to get on Hotline League, you better be a goddamn sub. The There's callers channels. the
0: callers get... T- they, don't, they don't have to pay to be on the show. They just get so. Exposure. You're saying you're
9: using unpaid volunteers, are, are they interns?
0: Yeah. Uh, they are. I think that a lot of them get college credit. Okay, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Mark, where'd our callers go? We had two I don't of know. the.
1: Wait- I kicked one out, and one just left. We have two of the That's waiting because room because he wants to be
0: paid. Yeah, the have people two have the- risen up. Oh, can, they're striking can- right now. Actually, honest. us. <laughs> Put them back in the waiting room. We'll okay. see what happens. Go, go check. Yeah, go, go investigate. Are
1: um, you your read now?
0: oh yes let's do that actually good point Uh, let's talk about Grubhub as we're talking about sponsors so one of the cool things uh, that we're doing in this ad break is announcing that for the first time ever Hotline League has it's own custom code available from March 14th uh, to March 16th and it's available only the first 2500 orders I think it would be sick you know I I know, know it's a lot to ask but if we can actually just use out all of those codes and they run out, so it's uh, it's you use code Travis5. I will put it in the description. Actually, I won't message right now to make sure my podcast person does. Um, and when you do that, you save five dollars on your order of ten dollars or more. So this is actually a pretty big deal because normally we have to uh scrounge off of the LCS promo codes and promote those, but we've received our own, so please don't let this go to waste. Go order. Something from Grubhub, uh, again, it's the, the the minimum is very low It's for these types of things. It's $10, and you receive $5 off. So if you do that between March 14th and March 16th, that would be super, super swell because if, like, five people do it, then they're never going to give me another one of these, and then, um, you know, no one will ever sponsor me again. So uh, the stakes are high here, people. Travis5 as the promo code. Please go do that. We love Grubhub. Uh, check out the Grubhub guarantee while you're ordering and yeah, use my link in the description and I'll also do X. Ex- oh, uh, natural Ninja, my mod already did in the chat. You can use that link to order, but again, Travis twenty 2,500, uh, March 14th to March 16th. All right, Mark, you want to go see what's happening?
1: Uh, what's happening is the current caller was on their phone and now they're having issues. I cannot encourage people enough. If you're on your phone, we can try and make it work. But if you have the option to be on your computer, For the love of God, please get on your computer. Do we need
0: to ask somebody to? Do we need more takes, like one or two more takes?
1: No, no, we definitely don't need two more. The person is should be swapping on the computer soon. Okay, I I might start their topic for them, and they can join in if they have any follow-ups. Well, let
0: let me ask really quickly um, to to Marty, uh, what what types of expectations or hopes do you have for this? Because I don't like. I guess how big is the potential monetization opportunity for the league? Because Clearly, you already have teams that are selling sponsors, their own sponsors. Then you have Riot that is selling league partners. Then you have agents that every now and then, you know, every six months or something, maybe bring a small deal to a player. And so you already have so much commercial activity in the space that's happening. Like, is, is there much left, I guess, for one team to, to pick up whenever you guys are going out to sell stuff?
9: Well, the answer to that would certainly be yes. Otherwise, why are we wasting our time? No offense to Phil and the players who I love very dearly, but it's a business and I would not have been able to convince them based on I love these guys and you should work with them. Um, so there had to be a real strong business case. Um, but but truthfully, you should recognize, first of all, that sponsorship is not an area that's a, 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 what we call primary category, right? So we definitely do what we call athlete marketing, where we'll do a deal and go procure athletes and it could be... Um, for a group, a large group, or it could be for individual athletes, no different than an agent might bring, but we're not, we're not taking money out of those pockets. We're bringing additional opportunities in those cases, right? Because they happen to come through our doors because we're connected to the biggest brands in the world at the very, very top level. We're talking to chief marketing officers of Fortune 500 companies, not you know the, the coordinator level foot person and so that's that's a part of our business we're really more talking about things like collectibles hard goods you know the areas where we can add value because it's not already there right so one of the things we were very we met with the owners you know last week and one of the things we very specifically said is like we're not trying to do your business for you there's a whole set of business that's not being done today let's take trading cards for example that's a huge opportunity um anybody that doesn't follow the trading card market it is exploded the last two years. it is monstrously big and they're you know thirsty for new IP and new opportunities and we're partners with every single major trading card partner uh, um, manufacturer out there right so the advantage we bring is that we know all the other deals in the space we're able to negotiate knowing that we have other deals with those partners as well and we can get the best deal that,
0: that exists out there.
9: so uh, like yes sponsorship things might happen over time but that's certainly not a main focus area
0: yeah okay fair enough um wait actually one quick follow up. is there no. anything else besides trading cards because you guys have mentioned trading cards a lot and so like that's my only thing is i'm sorry mark but i had to ask like yeah what, what else is out there besides trading cards that you guys see as opportunities
9: i mean i think the collectibles category in general is very large right so you know we think of things like a funko pop or you think of any collectible that can exist posters you name it there's a broad opportunity like we would do for any of our PAs Uh, what we're doing now because we've signed the deal obviously is we're doing what's called category mapping where we take the PA and we figure out all the categories that exist what things are a waste of our time because we don't you know they're already fully monetized or they're in the league's hands the rights and then where can we target to to tackle because they're open and big opportunities that's kind of what's going on right now but I would say that you know coming into this we knew collectibles as a very large category in trading cards being part of that is going to be a primary focus because it's barely tapped quite frankly in esports today
0: okay very good sorry mark i had to ask fez is here fez where are you calling from i'm calling from mobile alabama mobile alabama i'm going to turn you up because you're a little quiet
8: and fez are you being put play- in being paid in exposure or promo codes tonight <laughs> Not we're actually
0: a, all, <laughs> uh, TGI is actually
1: a charity organization.
0: Yeah, five hundred one oh, okay, c three nonprofit. C3? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, donating Oh, is it four hundred one c three? I we're a five hundred one c three. Five hundred one so. c three.
9: Yeah,
2: exactly. I actually
0: exactly.
9: I had a five hundred one c three back in the day.
0: Yes. Right, well. Humble brag. Uh, actually, we're one of the only esportsing uh, or any companies in esports that are profitable. So uh, we're not a chair. Anyway, uh, Fez, you're kind of quiet. Uh, if you can get closer to your mic when you say your question, but what do you want to talk about on the show?
11: is this better right here or yes. still kind of yeah, quiet all right so my biggest take was the LC- lcs viewership issue is not related to content but the fact that the generation that started it like me when i was younger they've moved on with their lives they've had you know graduated college family jobs etc and the failure more on the lcs as time has gone along is not connecting with their younger viewers as they're growing up and with any kind of meaningful like stories meaningful players because my biggest issue with the lcs these days is there's nothing compelling with the newer players coming in as to when bjergsen and high and all these exciting players were coming up there was a real sense of struggle that struggle doesn't exist in the league today it just seems that everybody's just there for the most part
0: tell tenacity that there's no struggle in the lcs um
11: okay yeah
1: The boardroom struggle what everyone really is is watching for
0: mark do you have a creative way to broaden this out to our our two guests since it's not really a player's association
1: so i i think it is in the sense that what you know phil spent a lot of time talking about was they want to do what's best for players and i think obviously rising tide raises all ships the ecosystem as a whole it, it concerns the players the fact that viewership has not been great recently and you know what kinds of things is the players association look at doing potentially to help this kind of stuff to encourage their players to be how to be more marketable is it about like trying to find opportunities for them to grow the players outside of the LCS because I feel like sometimes some teams for example feel like they're just like the LCS is the exposure for the players and we don't really help them you know like our is the players association whatever they do something to take some of the funds that they're potentially earning through Marty's schemes and use that to uh, boost the the their own players like, uh, you know, do you start doing content with them? Do you like? Would you try to get them opportunities to to build their brands at like the fucking whatever the sports Oscars are? You know, like I, I don't know exactly. I don't have any specific ideas, but like SPs? finding ways to drive viewership and interest
8: into the scene beyond just like they play in the LCS. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I think you know, people ask me frequently about viewership and and you know where our thoughts are you know i i think my response in the ama i did today was the serenity prayer from um alcoholics anonymous which is you know might get some chuckles but it is about knowing what things you can control basically and having understanding of the things you can't and for our players you know we have A lot of advocacy routes, it's, you know, running the marketing for the LCS or running team content are not the the purview of of us. But I I would say, you know, putting back on my owner hat from Once Upon a Time, you know, I I do think that there's some, um, you know, some work that team owners have to do to look at, you know, I think oftentimes stale models for how to, like, engage with fans and, and people who are watching the league or who could be watching the league. You know, the... You know, you talk about players not struggling, um, Fez, like, you know, people didn't stop watching the NBA when, you know, people started making millions of dollars, right? Success was not a factor of, of, you know, of interest. What was a factor of interest was constantly being aware that your audience is changing, you're getting, you know, whether your audience is getting older or whether you need to be tapping into younger audience, you need to be thinking about how do you engage with those groups. If your core audience is, you know, engaging through a different method, you need to be adapting to that as well. Maybe the YouTube, you know, follow along series are, you know, are not the bread and butter anymore. Maybe there's something else. And so I think there's certainly a part that's not really to do with us that is important for you to be reflective on, but there is a thing that we can do, you know, like we we are not a, a body that is incapable of helping to promote our players. And when you say that are not as many exciting players, I would say that there are many exciting players, you know, like every generation, of new players has like there's talent and there's charisma in those groups. And the fact that people don't see that as a you know is a failing of the institutions, not a failing of the players. The players themselves bring like skill and creativity to the table every single day. And we need to do more to help promote them and help you know show just how exciting what they do is. From our side, you know, it's a big part of working with Marty and a big part of why our players are excited to be doing group rights is that, you know, the LCS should have had a trading card program years ago, frankly. Like, there should have been people who were collecting Bjergsen rookie cards once upon a time, who now have their Bjergsen rookie card that's worth tons of money because, you know, he's the you know the biggest player of all time. And the next year's set of cards, they're really excited to try and figure out and find and collect who the new rookie is. This is a big part of traditional sports is the you know the, the connection of fandom to stakes, right? Some people you know use sports betting or fantasy sports or trading cards. You know all these are methods that people use to engage more deeply with their content that they love, and they're all areas that engage with group rights that aren't being utilized right now. So I'm really excited for what we can do to put more opportunities out there for fans to be engaging with the players they care about, and I think that that's a step that we can take. It's a step we're going to take. We think it's a step that's also going to benefit everyone in the ecosystem. But um, you know, I, I think everyone just has to be critical about how they can you know, do more and, and spend a little less time worrying about things they can't control and spend more time thinking about you know, where can you have impact.
9: You, you know, I was actually having a conversation with a reporter last week leading up to our announcement. And, you know, group rates, as we said at the beginning of the show, is, is, has a lot of complexities to explain to a new audience. But once we got past that, one of the things we're talking about is, like, beyond monetization, what, what's, where's the value here? Like, what are the different values? And we talked about things, of course, like path unionization, any of those fun things that Phil talked about. But one of the things that stands out for me is my wife's uncle is a big Steelers fan. And his ability to engage with the Steelers is almost limitless, right? He can buy, engage with so many products, whether it's a fantasy product like Phil said or physical products, he can buy trading cards, you name it. And that includes his favorite players from the Steelers, right? And I go back to my very first favorite sports team, the San Antonio Spurs and David Robinson and the poster I had on my wall and the trading card I collected and the jersey and like just so many pieces that engaged me with him and kept me engaged over time. And, you know, what's interesting with your point, Fez, is I stopped watching basketball like 10 years ago. I've never stopped being a David Robinson fan. And when I find myself pulled back in, I'm pulled back in by my connection that I built over time to that team, not to the broad game of basketball, right? Like the game of basketball doesn't draw me back in. It's all of that deep connection I had that kept me a fan for, I mean, 25 years, quite honestly. So I think that like just the fact that we're going to be able to put more products in market that allow fans to engage i, I keep using trading cards because it's such an easy one is going to deepen fan engagement is going to allow people to stay more connected to the lcs uh
0: okay really quickly the interesting thing was at first i thought fez's take was a little crazy like the idea right. that people only watch uh lcs if these players are struggling to uh to exist um financially and, and otherwise I you mean
8: know, buster travis is going I, back I, here i, I
1: think misunderstood the, the fez struggle point i think yeah. he's saying like their efforts to become great were widely seen whereas when players stream less and like all you see are like these kind of manicured reality shows there's a little less grit there's a little less uh visibility into their struggles not that like we need to see them eating ra- like top ramen t- for every meal or whatever you know
11: and, well, and I wanna like clarify that sure. that struggle thing. My biggest thing is like and, and this I don't want it to go off to a two, a big tangent. I think COVID really, really hurt this sport for the past two years because I think there is no engagement, therefore there's no connection, not an easy connection at least. So my biggest argument though is that in the past, I think still like this is just my opinion, the biggest mistake the LCS ever made was franchise. I think the well, struggle This, this definitely the challenge... does go
0: off on, on too much. Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. yeah but
11: anyways i'll be i'll be quick like the struggle that i mean is that all these players had a relevant story coming up and nobody necessarily needed to tell it because the connection was there there were several different events and and maybe the LCS is going to gear up to that now that covid's dying down but i think the lack of events whether it's all-stars or or whatever it just it really has put a lull in the past two years and i am i'm old i'm 38 i've been with league since i graduated college but I find myself on the weekend watching the Premiership, the APL, way more, because there's fans. It's more exciting. And the league right now, the LCS, it is very boring to watch. Even though there were good narratives there, there's just no connection. That, that's what my argument is. So, the, so the struggle really struggle is a the
2: connection.
0: There, I'm going to speed run this next part, which is to say, one, everybody in the chat goes true when they talk about like, franchising was a mistake. I fucking hate this shit. It drives me crazy. As if all these people are like, it was so great whenever people could just make money off of David Slan or David Slan could just make money flipping like Team Coast and Apex and all this stuff to people who would just get relegated 6 months later. Like give me a fucking break. The te- the league was has always been based off of teams that stayed at the top and were stable. It wasn't like People are like, thank God! Like, I'm so invested right now. Whenever one of these random DDK- teams, uh, TDK, well, they got themselves kicked out, right? But like, <laughs>
1: fucking Rux <Ruck> shows
0: up. Rux, <laughs> Rux in the chat says, "Bring back relegations!" My God, <laughs> the league, the league is not. It's not as though popularity. In the like the any of the teams that were getting promoted and relegated constantly. The only thing that would be different about the league right now is you'd see like. Golden Guardians. Maybe people would like CLG getting relegated, but they just get replaced by a brand that nobody knows anything about that would be gone six months later. So setting aside the stupid relegation and franchising thing that people talk about. Sorry, caller. Um,
8: I don't think your
11: views are stupid, Fez. Uh, it's okay. I'm used to tra- I've been used to Travis. With he's all just calls. saying that
0: because he I wants you to sign on his fucking dotted line and negotiate for you and take a cut of your money. Okay. Um, Don't listen to him Fez. Uh, The best way for us to figure stuff out is a direct connection between the two of us. My point is um, On the monetization side or where oh, yeah Phil It is true that like teams control and riot controls a lot of the content however back in the day when people were more scrappy, which is not I know what Fez was originally meaning there were incentives to go create all this extra content like build a big following on Twitter to go stream a ton and create content around yourself and get, build a brand and to have hire an editor to build out your YouTube channel and to build like a presence in the space. And I feel as though those incentives have kind of changed because now players are able to make a bajillion dollars, especially when you're on the top end, and then they don't necessarily feel like, okay, getting an extra 50 grand this year from streaming or doing YouTube stuff, which in the past would have been huge and could double their salary now is just like a a per, like a small percentage, right? And so that that is kind of an, an interesting point that Fez did not mean to go towards, but as we misinterpreted, I think did.
8: Yeah, well, I, I think that there's a, a few things there, but it's, it is a good point. I think I would say, I would describe it as the myth of like the big player, like wants to do nothing. Um, I, I don't think that that's true. And I think you still see a lot of the biggest players who have the, you know, who get the weight of expectation, especially whenever a league is struggling to put more on their shoulders, I think it's a, a hard weight for them to carry. And in you know, if you look at something like F1, for instance, who has I think done you know the, the most drastically like good job of how to transform a, a sport that really had little connection, especially in the U.S., and create a lot of you know identity and faces overnight in many ways, and really e- elevate a sport that was kind of a one-person sport for many years right and turn it into something where people care about teams that have 0% chance of winning you know they there's no way that Haas is ever going to like lift a trophy in like the next 5 years for anybody who follows that but you know they're you know they're at the bottom of the you know of the proverbial standings at all times and yet they you know they're, they're you know racers are exciting to fans because there is content that is actually engaging to them so you know you can say that like there's a lot there's plenty of content out there and that it's not connecting in the right ways but or there's plenty of content, but I'm saying, you know, you need to think about what's not working and figure out how to make it work. Because again, like the players are interesting. They're like, it's not just like, wow, the LCS is struggling because we have hired, you know, 50 uninteresting players over the last five years consecutively. And like, you know, they're really not delivering. That's just not it. And players are doing content. They are participating in things. And so they, you know, there needs to be a thought about how do you, how do you make that more successful? How do you as a, as a league do more, I think to Fez's point as well, though, I think he brings up a very salient point in this, which is that, you know, like the lack of fans, the lack of that like in-person thing is, is a big deal. Some people thought that when sports went, went dark or that when sports, you know, when sports went dark that esports would flourish, but, you know, viewership struggled across esports when, when we went away from arenas as well during COVID, and when sports came back and the stands were empty, every single sports team, or every single sports league had its worst viewership in years. Basically, like they, you know, the NBA was, you know, doing terrible numbers. Like all these sports were doing terribly without fans in the stadium. So clearly, there's a while,
9: while people had nothing else to do. Let's keep exactly. in mind too, right? You know, so people they had...
8: are still locked down. Yeah. Yeah, and now that there are fans back in those sports, their viewership is up. Like you know, sports are doing much better. The NFL is having a banner year again. So there's clearly a a connection there, like, for fandom. And I think, again, speaking back to group rights to some extent, like, access, like, things that, you know, impact fandom, like, there's so many things that aren't being utilized in our space that one team is going to work on. But fans in the seats is something that does impact people and how much they care about a sport, how much they engage with it. Like, cheering matters, apparently. Who knew?
0: Um, Just to kind of wrap this up, I've got a, a question for you, Marty, because Fez is talking about viewership. Um, I know, again, everybody thinks that relegation is the key to viewership, but um, one of the things that drums that I've been beating for a long time is the player turnover rate in the league is tremendously high in terms of uh, if I think uh, it was 2020 that maybe where between 2020, if you started on a team in the LCS, most likely you were not. Starting in the LCS at the start of 2021. I need to go back and look again, but there's tremendous churn among players in the league and I I Imagine that that makes your job very difficult because not only is it difficult for people to build brands around that stuff um, But then it's it's also a situation where like these long-term collectible deals or whatever like you just have players that are phasing in and out of the league constantly. So I I don't know if this is something you've thought about or or have any considerations on.
9: Well, I would say like, it's a much bigger deal for an agent who is focused on individual players because we're talking about the group. We like, we're still, it's still the same, it's still a hundred players every time, right? So if team X swaps out a player A for player B, I still have a hundred players at the end of the day because there are always a hundred players in the league. Um, you know, especially having been an European team owner for many years, I, I regret to say that, of course, some of the biggest players from other leagues do come to North America with already huge built-in fan bases, quite frankly, right? And so it's not like we're trading out the biggest player for a rookie all the time. In fact, a lot of times we're trading out for some huge superstar coming from overseas. So I don't, I don't worry that all of a sudden we're gonna have a bunch of you know, brand new people with 3000 Twitter followers in all hundred slots. I think that, that churn is, is inevitably also a good for products because as Phil mentioned, collecting the rookie card of let's take Danny, for example, last year, right? Like in that excitement about, around a rookie player, that's really cool to see what's gonna happen the next year. And that you know, in the world of trading cards, is where value is built over time, right? You you get a card at the beginning of the year. Do they live up to the hype? Um, do they build upon it, et cetera? And then next year, you know, the runs change. There's di- you know different cards available in the set because of it because of the the year the player had. So, um, if we were talking 100% turnover every single year, maybe. But even then, again, it's uh, you're you're talking about such an incredibly um, um, well established fan base for a large percentage of the league players. It's not all brand
0: players. Dude, fuck the Danny rookie card. I want the perks and sword art cards because those things <laughs> had very limited runs.
8: Dude? Would they be considered rookies? I don't think so. Not right? rookies. They, I'm
0: just talking about
2: you know, no, you know, he means the with, fact that they're gone. And, but yeah, Marty know, Marty was, like, was hyping up the fact we bring in release. players from get a other lot of regions. Limited releases. You know,
9: I'll, I'll, meme, I'll meme myself for a second here. People talk about those splice stickers in Counter-Strike because they only existed one time and that's yeah. <laughs> it. So,
8: wow, that's, okay. We could use relegation is, because then you'd have the teams that only were in there for six months too on top of the players only in there for six months. That's yes. a ultra rare. Bring so,
0: back relegation so that Marty yeah. has to do a new deal every five seconds with teams. Uh, go ahead, Mark
8: so this
1: is my last thing before my brain AFKs there's two two little things on the point about bringing pros over from Europe I wonder how much of an influence that really has Perk's notwithstanding because he's like literally a western goat but like a player like inspired 50k on Twitter mostly from European LCS or LEC fans who come over to NA the NA fans are already here he didn't like bring new NA fans he hopefully just engages with the ones that exist how many LEC fans come over to watch him I think like that's an interesting question of like how much does a a successful yet not huge branded LEC player really add compared to um, a rookie. That like, is there actually a significant difference in how how important they are to the league? I've actually never really thought about it until we started this conversation. That's just for my heads at. The second thing I was gonna ask, for the love of God, please get a public stats site that like works with Riot. I don't know exactly how this deal is gonna work, but you talk about like you know getting a deal representing all the players. Please, with Tim or the the game's a legend guy like work with them to get all the data from Riot so we can have a public stats database. I'm so sick of not having public stats. It's a Martin, fucking These people have money that... to give them. What's that?
0: Tim can't go pay Marty. Marty's here to make money for the league so that Phil can Destroy keep his deal. job. Literally so if that you Phil can we're continue to pay rent. If you can say we're
1: with Riot and the players, so like this is the official stats site and then everyone goes there. I don't know, dude. I'm just saying, I'm pitching this to literally everyone in the, in the, in the ecosystem. For the love of God, Get a public stats site. It's a joke that we don't have one. 10 years? League 10? Where the fuck are my stats? Can
9: can I answer your first question, or we want to just complain about stats websites?
1: Either way, you're called. Okay, cool.
9: So I would say that like, Inspired, first of all, I love Inspired. I think he's an amazing player to watch. But um, I think absolutely number one that's still it's again it's a group thing so it's about the combined fan base right it's not about any one individual player so it's Mm -hmm. about this total fan base but i also say that when it comes to Esports in general, we aren't just gonna sell in America and Canada, let's say, for example, right? Like the the people that are gonna participate are gonna be fans of Inspired who happen to be overseas. They are gonna be fans who are even in Asia, let's say, for example. I mean, we already obviously have the APAC region because of the fact that the players are folded in from that region as, as residents. So we're already talking about bigger than North America anyway. So I think that if you think of trading cards being an example, trading cards for the NFL are certainly not all bought in the U.S., right? There's definitely trading cards being sold in other areas as well.
0: Marty, if you bring up trading cards one more time, Twitch chat's gonna have a fucking aneurysm. Uh did just- you see trading <laughs> cards? Yeah, yeah. Like I uh, my friend, you need to come up with additional <laughs> examples talk, because talk,
8: we're gonna use fat heads as our easy go-to from here on. Okay? Yeah, fat okay. Heads. When you're yes. thinking about getting your Danny Fathead in his rookie season. They fatheads already came Funko into Pops. the space
0: and did like five seconds worth of stuff with teams. Mark Funko Pops. Mark, just to be clear, Riot has done deals with data folks before, like Sport Radar. I put it in the in the chat. And um, and then these things never go anywhere, right? Just takes some money from them, I think, and then it, nothing occurs from don't it. Don't so.
1: talk to me about Sports Radar, dude. I can't say it, but like, don't talk to me about it. A lot of these things too, like Riot makes deals with them to help Riot with their own internal stats tool. It's not to make a website, as I understand um, it. I could be wrong.
0: I think you are right. Wrong. Uh, sports Radar is supposed to like take these things out. The way that Sports Radar works is, they go. And get the data from Riot, and then they are supposed to go make deals with other companies. This partnership yeah, they will increase to access. Like ESPN, for example. Yeah, this partnership will increase access to League of Legends esports data, enabling the community and third-party operators to create a wide array of services, bolstering the sport. This is from 2019. Did this ever happen, uh, Mark? Would you say? I,
1: I actively use. I try to actively use Sports Radar. They have an internal tool. I don't think they oh. ever gave that data to anyone else. And Jet has talked about how, like, what. Teams get data to Like the 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 teams don't even have data to the global database. It's it's a mess.
8: It's a giant mess. And if you just made everything public, for the love of God, Marty, let's do a deal right here. Do you (laughs) have the number of the people who run Basketball Reference and Pro Football Reference? Let's call. I'm calling. I'm calling them now. Let's do a deal for Mark.
2: Okay, I'm
0: tweeting at Sport Radar right now. I'm just saying, Mark, you have a deal. Was curious where he could get some public. LCS sports data. Okay, there we go. Should, wait, should I hit tweet on this, Mark, or is it going to create, like, an issue for you internally? You right?
1: I, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't want to get you in yeah, trouble.
0: Yeah. I'm tweeting it. Boom. You should okay. just
1: get rid of my name. I was going to say get rid of my name oh, and I had so, just hit it. Uh, All right, I had to throw me under the bus. Thanks, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my bad. Uh, I know we were going to try to keep it secret between the four of us, the 800 live viewers, the 40,000 people that will watch the VOD, and then the 10,000 people that will watch, listen to the audio version. I'm so
1: um, fucked now. I'm okay. sure everyone follows sports radar and we'll see that tweet.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, thank you, Fez. I know we've got way off topic. This is one of those times where the chat goes, Oh my God, the caller's still there. But, um, any, anything you want to say before we say goodbye to you? Fez?
11: Biggest thing. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, biggest thing I definitely want to say, I got two, shout outs. I'll be real quick. We'll, first one is to my wife for putting up with me and then second one is just to Tim please stop protecting Jojo stop standing him like let his play speak for itself like i'm so tired of hearing him tweet and say it's going to be okay for the love of god let the people decide
0: dude i i love tim so much but thank you for saying this because tim became like a fucking evil genius as twitter cheerleader when he stopped doing run it and I'm like, what happened to you, man? Ever? Uh, it's just, I, I don't know what happened.
1: Once the overbearing editorial hand of Travis released him to talk about what he wanted,
0: he he simps for for JoJo more than I simped for Peter, and I feel like that's a pretty big that's a pretty big statement. Okay, thanks, Fez.
11: Thank you guys. Good night.
0: Yeah. Catch you later. <laughs> See ya. All right, that is the show. Uh, Phil and Marty, thanks so much for coming on. Anything we'll start with you, Phil anything you want to shout out. I know you did an AMA where people can go read more stuff um, If they want to learn more about this.
8: Yeah, please check out our AMA follow us on Twitter We are an active Twitter account now We're not once upon a time, but we actually say things we respond to things if you call us out for not doing things Occasionally we'll respond to you
0: Uh, (laughs) who's operating it
8: uh, people Okay. Is, is it, it you? Is it like one of those those brand like you know where
1: you pretend it's a, a normal person and you make really weird like off color jokes like you're just a random person but it's really like a conglomerate of people okaying the tweets like Wendy's the, or something?
8: Yeah, I mean it's it's basically me and like I give like the info to the board before I tweet anything particularly salacious but every once in a while I just tweet that I'm going to unionize the Travis Gafford Industries crew. Yes. You know? Also,
9: yeah. how dare you, Mark, imply that Wendy's isn't a really witty single person running that account?
0: my bad can you guys get underneath this new deal can you guys get rights to revenge and Vulcan's images because you didn't have them for the quotes that you tweeted out but you did have them for Kor and Darshan <laughs> well, and Beard. We,
8: we, did, we did have to ask Riot for images and they, they only gave us a few images and then we oh, kind of wow. kept going back asking for more and they just, you know
0: what you could do you could go happen. spend $100 on an eSpat account and get access to their pictures on the fucking eSpat website like they want the media to do Phil, maybe, maybe ESPAT will cut you in on their hundred dollar annual media. uh,
8: As a a profitable company. Can't you afford to legally purchase the rights to this, these player images?
0: Oh, I, I definitely can, can do that. I don't know if, Oh, actually great question is, is ESPAT paying for the rights from, uh, for the player rights from these images? Do they have to?
8: Are they paying for the rights? I mean, if they have so
0: Eastbat has a deal with Riot to post these pictures.
8: We we we
9: can't answer like a specific one to say. First of all, we're not lawyers. That's what we have lawyers for. Sure. And and second, we'll hit up Bryce
0: Blum and ask him.
9: I'm normally in bed by now. As I'm an old man,
8: so my brain is slowed way down. That's fine.
0: That's fine. Uh, But yes, ESPAT. they'll they'll go charge you for the photos.
8: Check us out on check us out on Twitter. Call us out if you need a f- if you need us to say something about something and we'll do our best. And if you're being abused by your employer in the esports space, reach out. Even if you're not a player, and I'll do my best to see that you don't get fucked too hard.
0: OK, so I say Mark has a great gig here. Uh, Marty, what do you want to shout out?
9: uh honestly i'm just excited for this deal because um it's why i took this job 16 months ago so i'm shouting out phil and the pa and the board and darshan and the people and the executive committee who have the the faith in me and i mean really me because these other people they don't know they didn't know until we put it together right to say yeah we're willing to let another sports company which is always scary in esports come in and, and help us um because we know the track record a lot of times in sports companies isn't necessarily great and I'm really staking a lot on this because I really do truly believe in what we're doing. So thank you to those folks that all believed in us enough to, to give us a shot. Cause I really think we're going to do some, some groundbreaking work and make a difference.
8: Nice. Mark.
0: Oh, I have me. one more
8: thing and yeah. please don't forget Travis five on Grubhub the next two days. It's very important. Oh, yes. snap. thank you.
0: I appreciate that. Uh, you're learning quickly. It is actually, uh, yeah, it is Travis five. There you go. Uh, Mark.
1: Shout out Yu-Gi-Oh! Peace.
0: Do you, you want to talk about your stream moving dates?
1: Nah, we'll cover that some other time.
0: Okay. Uh, well, that's it for Hotline League. Uh, I am immediately after this going to be running a sub goal to run an interview I did with Vulcan about the Players Association that I have not put out yet. And I expect Phil to stick around for that. In fact, I'm going to... Uh, maybe I'll set the sub goal to a point where Phil has to spend his money to uh, f- to get it revealed, uh, so Still that he can hear what Phil said. Yeah. Uh, well, it was I asked some questions about it in the, po- in the normal post game interview process, Phil, as I'm as I am allowed to do. So, um, and as I have done many times. So, uh, stick around for that if you're watching uh, live. Otherwise, that'll show up on the YouTube channel sometime this week. And uh, thank you to uh, Marty and Phil for coming on. Hey, listen, everybody, I know we got kind of inside esports with this episode, but you guys seem to have a lot of opinions about unionization and players' rights and all this stuff all the time. So hopefully you stuck around for the full fucking episode so that you can actually get educated on it before you go make a Reddit comment. That's it. Uh, Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week.